This podcast is presented in a drastically reduced frequency spectrum to preserve the integrity of Greg's artistic vision. Hey, Greg. Hey, Andrew. So typically we have this kind of dynamic, and we got a vibe, right, where I tend to like things a lot, and you tend to maybe like things or not like things, and then we kind of talk it out, and that's like our thing, right? Sure. I, uh, I, 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 sad to say, I guess we have fallen into that rut, haven't we? <laughs> I think we've, we've overcome it at times, but that tends to be the approach. Um, however, we watched something that um, both of us hated. Yeah. So we decided we need to bring in an objective third party, uh, Michael Both Sides Carstetter. Uh, let's hey, hey, objective. Now. I, it's not not yet. Like, <laughs> not yet. Uh, like, let me just put it straight. I don't think this movie's a masterpiece. Wait, what movie right. are we even talking about? Oh, I guess we should mention it. <laughs> Tenet, right? We're talking about Tenet. Tenet, yes. Um, I've not seen the movie, actually. But yeah, no. so we brought on our good buddy, Mike, here. Um, Mike, you want to do a little shout-out to your, I guess, your social media personality? Is that I how guess you describe yourself? I guess if you follow me uh, at Mike Lano on Twitter and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm yeah, I'm definitely going to post about this. So okay. hopefully we get listeners. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, yeah, well, uh, Michael is a, a number one troll on the old twitters not 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 like i used to be but well and, and friend of the show this isn't his first appearance that's yeah. true that's true the longtime listeners will know that uh michael was on for the last episode of game of thrones right yeah that, i that made that like season like so much worse for me I think so. having to talk about it <laughs> and like linger on i was like yeah i've never been more like frustrated at watching a series finale because i, I like i had to have a thought about this and I just would rather not have thought about it after, after I watched it. That's a familiar feeling, I feel like, about this movie, but, you know. So this movie is Zack Snyder's Justice League. A.K.A. Which, the Snyder Cut. Which we will be referring to as the Snyder Cut for the purposes of this conversation. Although calling it a cut is a vast <laughs> misnomer because, like... <laughs> A like the director's cut of Blade Runner is just generally like the same footage, just maybe you know edited differently. Maybe some scenes that were first edited out are now in, vice versa. You know, maybe some minor tweaks to things like music, that sort of thing. Uh, generally, when we talk about a cut, we're not talking about I reshot half the fucking thing in my basement. Um, can I, uh, but... can I chime in with what I think we should call it instead of the Zack Snyder cut? Okay. I think we should call it the Zack Snyder glut. Because this uh. was pure gluttony on his behalf. Uh, if, if, if that were his only sin, uh, <laughs> but, um, so we'll refer to the Snyder cut at, well, or this thing as the Snyder cut and then we'll talk about the, the 2017 version as the theatrical cut, just so that we're all clear on how we're going to talk about these things. Um, uh, make sense? Yeah. I just think we should both call them Justice League and get really confused. But I guess yes. what you said makes sense, too. <laughs> just want to, because things can get confusing here. I've already watched a couple conversations about this, and if you don't get your terminology up front, 
Uh, oh boy. Anyway, the Snyder Cut. Um, I want to. I, I just want to start with how I came to watch this movie. Um, I had no intention of watching this thing because I do not care. <laughs> there is, and I, I. I mean, I feel like I've said it on the show. Like, I don't think that this there's something you could have done to the theatrical version that would have made me like it, right? Like, this thing is just, like, so far away from anything I would enjoy. Uh, you know, rearranging some scenes ain't going to do it. I was not interested in this movie at all. Um, and then when I heard it was four hours long, I was even less interested. Um, but for some reason, um, I went to open up my HBO Max app so that I could watch another episode of the awful Berserk anime that's on HBO Max right now. Um, and for some reason, this just started playing. Now, I don't know if I hit hit select too many times and just kind of fell into it, or if this is some devious plot, but uh, it started, you know, it just started playing. I saw the DC logo, and then I saw a title card that said, uh, this film is presented in its 4 by 3 aspect ratio to properly convey Zack Snyder's artistic vision. And I said, oh, fuck no. And now I have to see what this is about. It's in 4 by 3 What the fuck are we doing? So I watched the first 40 minutes of it, um, had to take a break, and then continued to watch it in about 40-minute chunks until I got to the end. <laughs> Uh, Mike, did you watch it in all one sitting? Oh, hell yeah. Oh no pauses, God. baby. <laughs> Didn't even blink. I, I loved it so much. I was like, I, this is how Zach wanted me to watch it, which was... <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> like, in one go. It was... Okay, the the 4-3 is so indefensible. It It's like... I get what he was do. What he wanted to do was just, like, kind of, like, do, like, IMAX, kind of, but, like, that that wasn't how you do it on... You know this is being shown in in, like in people's TVs. It's not going to yes. be shown in theaters. Why would you do it like this? It just, it did not look natural. Like it, like I just kept waiting for it to like expand at any point. Well, it's I'll, like tell, I'll tell you why he did it. I'll tell you why he did it. It's because we have encouraged, we as a society have emboldened this man to make bad choices because we rewarded them. He egged on fans about the stupid freaking cut and then we rewarded him with $70 million to make it. So now he put a bunch of stuff in to kind of be like, ooh, but wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be awesome if it was on IMAX? Well, wouldn't it be great if I could have put Green Lantern in it? And I'm going to tease all these little things that I could have done differently didn't that he, I didn't. So I can get a second try at this or a third try or didn't maybe get he, a sequel. Okay, didn't let's, he let's not take make... any. I thought he didn't take any money for no, it. No, no, I'm saying we gave him the money to, oh, to do the budget. It. Got it. Not, yes, he didn't make the money off. Uh, of it, uh, let's but... put one. Let's put one thing up front. This is not technically the Snyder cut because this oh. is. There's no fucking way he was putting this in theaters like four years ago. As is, this is part of him, like what he envisioned it to be. Like I'm sure some of it's true, but like it was also like him being like one last like fuck you. You could have had this kind of like DC moments as well. So which I. Is, the epilogue, which was its own thing then. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, God. Um, so, I actually think that, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
and then there's all this talk about well it was supposed to be two movies and you know there was all this back there's nowhere you could split in this movie to make oh, it I like agree. cohesive i like agree. you can't split it after like where they're like we gotta go find superman and then you end the movie like what the fuck like but that I, would suck but i also think it's interesting because like when you know you're making it for streaming and they even broke it up into like more digestible chapters. I like the chapter suggestion. Which was, like, which is, so there's, there's like a little bit of like, oh, that's that's like a a neat innovation kind of like, oh, now that we're, you know, now that we're playing with it. But I don't think any of that was Zack Snyder. I think one of my overarching theories of Zack Snyder is, you know how like Donald Trump is like a poor person's dream of a rich person. Yes. And Jordan Peterson is like a dumb guy's idea of a smart guy. Yes. I Zach this Snyder is, going. <laughs> is somebody who knows nothing about film, their idea of like an auteur director. Because it just seems like Zack Snyder just does shit because it seems directory. It's you, more you like I a black and just, white cut. He just yes. directs to things that look cool. That's right. He, he, That's he, all he can do is just it, make things look cool. It's just like he heard, he probably read in, a, in 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 Empire Magazine or something that like, oh, for Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Wes Anderson used used these unconventional aspect ratios, or or he watched The Lighthouse by mistake, um, and was like, oh wow. See, there is, there is, and like, he was like, I'm gonna do that with my, with my Superman. There is reason for, like, there is reason for, like, modern movies to use the 4-3 aspect ratio. Like, obviously, we're not against that. Like, and those movies are shot to look like, they, like, yes. like the, the characters are in, like, scenes. This, characters just cut off. Like, yes. Like, there was no, like, purpose. Like, they didn't shoot it like this. They, like, there's no way they shot it like this. Right. Because you some... wouldn't, like, stage characters like this to talk, and it's, like, weird at times. But it's, like, yes. But, like, you don't do that. Or if you're going to do something like this, just switch to formats for, like, like, actions. The action scenes looked really hard to follow. Like, if I felt like I was watching it, like, in, like, in the 90s on, like, a TV because, like, you're just watching, like, something on a 4-3 television and it's, like, really jittery and jumpy. Because that's how a lot of movies looked uh, back it then just, when you forced the full screen, so. It doesn't work. There's no rationale to it. Like, the... You know, you watch The Lighthouse, and it's presented in a square aspect ratio. One, to be a little bit more period correct, and to recall, you know, the early era of, you know, the very earliest era of film, which is kind of when the movie is set, and period accuracy is very important to the whole film. Uh, but also, a sense of claustrophobia is very important to the film, so the 4 by 3 aspect ratio makes a ton of sense but this it's like you know like you say like it clearly wasn't shot for this he just cropped it down and i think because he just thought that was a directory thing to do it makes no sense thematically it doesn't match the style you know you've got this thing that is just so you know epic for epic's sake in every conceivable way and then they're like, yeah, but we're only going to show it on a third of the screen for some reason. And, like, they did actually have some, like, nice shots, like, of mountains. Like, it did, like, feel like, like, an, it did have, like, an epic feeling to it. And it would have looked cooler in, like, a normal, like, widescreen format. Like, it would, like, there's some nice shots in the movie. You can admit that. Well, sure. But 
and this, I'm just going to go right to one of my main complaints here. Um, there are some really good looking things. There's some really epic stuff, but fucking everything is shot in the most like epic comic book panel-y kind of way, right? Like there's never a, a shot of just like a person standing and talking. I mean, there are, but you know what I mean? Like everything is so hyper real and um, overcomposed and that's not necessarily a bad thing shot to shot, but when every single shot looks like, you know, this incredibly directed and, and you know, staged shot, you don't know what's important. You know, like usually in a movie, you use something like that, like a really dramatic angle or slow-mo to highlight an important moment. You know, it's a way for the director to say this thing you need to remember this, or this is an important moment for this character, which is why they're framed in this really artful close-up. Um, but when you're just doing that with random Amazon extras, I, I don't know what's important in your movie. Right? I, I, see, I see what you're saying. All the same. Yeah, and like, there's just so many weird choices at points with like the music cues and what they're doing. Like, they have all these really triumphant music cues around the fucking aircraft carrier, personnel carrier, whatever they fucking call it. Like, it keeps just, like, coming up at random points, and they're like, oh, man, there's, like, dramatic music about this aircraft carrier. And then they're like, you know, when they when it comes to pick them up, like, they're, when they leave for the first time, it's all dramatic. And then later in the movie, when it's parking and getting there, and then later on the movie, when they get all in it again, and it's like... Who gives a shit about this fucking airplane? Like, why am I supposed to care? Right. You really wanted me to care about this airplane that A, looked nothing like something Batman would make normally, and B, like, oh, wouldn't it have been, okay, if you want to be really cool with Zack Snyder, do cool comic book stuff, wouldn't it have been way better to him flying a very iconic Batwing around the fucking, wherever they were, Chernobyl or whatever, and fucking blowing stuff up, rather than, like, this weird boxy thing that I can't even see because it's everything so dark anyway, but... I just, like, why Why do I care? And then back to the Themyscira stuff with, like, once again, it being so overwrought. Like, listen, like, I'm not going to beat a dead horse about Zack Snyder in the slow-mo, but, like, Jesus Christ. Like, it made that what was a fairly cool, like, set piece, you know, the, the foot on Themyscira towards the beginning. Yeah. It made it boring because yep. the whole thing is in slow motion. It actually just makes it feel like it's just taking, like, I'm actually just watching a movie slow down as opposed to, like, highlighting specific things. And it's just like, can we just move this along, please? And and, and there's there's also something here. I do need to talk about the slow-mo. Uh, I mean, a little bit more, too. <laughs> because, I mean, yes, you're right. It, it just, it makes everything... The action scenes lose their pace and their dynamics... Um, when it's overused and it has the same problem of, you know, typically in like the, the language of action scenes, you use slow-mo when you want to show something really cool. You want to focus my attention on, you know, what's happening in this scene, you know, oh, he's going to do a really cool thing where he drops the knife out of his one hand and catches it with the other, right? To, to you know, so that I can see all that intricacy, um, 
or to like really make a hit land, you know, where they do the thing where it goes into slow-mo and you see the guy's face deforming around the punch. You do that and you do that sparingly so that it's like, this is a way to punctuate the action. But the thing that is even, I mean, at least maybe you could, if you're Zack Snyder, you could defend that was like, well, that's my style and that's how I do things. And it's like, okay, fine. Even if that's defensible, you cannot, Zack, in the same movie have slow-mo punctuate every action scene, but also have slow-mo be the visual cue to us, the audience, that the Flash is using his powers. You have to pick one. Because otherwise, if slow-mo is just happening in action sequences when the Flash is involved, it's like, is that because the Flash is going fast? Or is it just the style? I don't... And now I lose total track of whatever the fuck is going on. Or when I first see this Flash doing Flash stuff and the slow-mo happens, I'm like, oh, is this just Zack Snyder's slow-mo or is he being the Flash? What the fuck? Y- like, you are right about that. This is just basic shit. This is not, you know, I mean, there's a lot of complaints I could make about Zack Snyder's style, but that might just be a matter of taste. But this is just like basic visual language, visual grammar stuff here. It's... It's it's his thing. I don't know what to say. It's like Quentin Tarantino and like feet shots in his movie. Like it's he's just gonna do it every movie. So sure. It's like, he's too far into the game to like back out of right. it now. But if there was a Quentin Tarantino uh, movie where one of the main characters was a foot fetishist, it would be important for me to know when I'm focusing on feet because it's telling me something about the foot fetishist versus it's just Tarantino being a foot fetishist. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. So what I want to do is I want to take a second, kind of have done in the past to, for each of us, um, to talk about what we actually liked about this. I'll oh, go first. Shit. I'll, I'll go, I'll go Greg, like a couple minutes to think about it. I can go yeah. ahead Greg. <laughs> Here are the things that I liked. Radic pause for effect. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, I, I liked, Jeremy Irons. A little more Jeremy Irons is nice. I like his Ralford. I like that vibe. Um, Aquaman seemed a little better in this movie. I still didn't learn anything about him for how much time we spent doing things with Aquaman. Like, that's one of my bigger complaints about this movie is that, like, we learned nothing additional about these characters in an extra two and a half hours, which is crazy. Uh, but, you know, I liked, I liked him better. He was a little less, like, jockey, oorah, whatever kind of guy. Um, I guess there was better cyborg stuff, although I didn't find his story per- or his performance particularly compelling in either way. Um, we just got more of it. Um, some very specific things I liked. Um, I liked when the Flash and Superman were fighting when Superman first came back from the dead. That extended fight scene was cool because it shows, uh, you know that the Flash is a little faster than Superman, which is kind of like a vibe in the comics, I guess, at times, and that was that was a nice little touch. Um, I liked when Mira was fighting Steppenwolf and made, like, water start coming out of his face and eyes. That was gross and cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> Looking at my list here. Oh, and the only the only two times in this movie that I laughed or even like kind of just like cracked a smile to laugh was the what's your superpower? I'm rich gag, which 
is just pretty funny to me. And then I, I think I, that I think I think that was in the theatrical it was, cut. It okay. was. Um, All right. Which is enough. another point I have. But it wasn't but we'll get like there. a Whedon shot thing, so that's why he used it. It well, was his, so. Yeah, but I think the big thing here is that the only thing... We'll get back to this. Let me finish my thought. The only thing I laugh was when they're in the Batcave and Jeremy Irons is working on those gauntlets that Batman made and Motor Woman makes the cut about, like, oh, energy-absorbing gauntlets. Like huh, you're going to make him a black whip too? And I was like, that was funny. That was like a clever like reference to like the things in the movie and like him copying her. Like, I liked that. That made me laugh. It was not like a jerk off joke, which we're going to mm. have to spend probably mm. about a half hour on that, but we'll get there. Um, but like, honestly, that's it. And compared to other Zack Snyder movies, like there was a, my list for Batman vs Superman was much longer than that. Like, there was a ton of fight scenes and action scenes I really liked in that movie. A couple of interactions that I liked. There was just, like, I just really had to dig to find anything I liked in this movie. All right, so who would like to go next? I'll go. All right. Uh, the way I view this movie is if someone... Uh, you, if, have you ever heard of assembly cuts? That's basically, like, a lot of movies have assembly cuts where it's just, like... Everything they shot this is a shown, and it's usually like four hours long a lot. This is basically an assembly cut, so if you ever want to know what one was like, like where no fat was trimmed off, this is what we got. This movie's an experience for me, and I was like ready to like, I was ready to shit on this because I did not say a single positive thing about this movie since it was announced, and I, I still think all the DC fanboys are like fucking psychopaths and like fuck you, but um, like, I, I was not into this movie, and I guess because of its length, I was just like, I'm just, I just viewed it as experience. Like, it just, to me, it felt like I was watching a miniseries in one go, and less of a movie. Like, and that's what was, like, so weird about it. It's just, like, it did not feel like a normal blockbuster, because it just, it just kept going and going and going. And, like, it, it, it was, like, unique in that way, where I'm like, oh, I will, will never see something like this again. Like, nor would a studio should, should, they, they should have never given him this, like, much power to do this movie. But for what we got, like, I was just, like, I was just amused by, like, how fucking weird this is as a whole. And how different it felt watching some, like, the theatrical cutscenes in new contexts, or just, like, come, like, 90 minutes later in the movie. Like, like, that was an interesting aspect. Um... Other things like I liked a lot of the flash scenes. Like the, the first flash scene is like one of my like one of the better DC moments I think because even though you didn't don't like the slow mo stuff, it was cool in that effect. Like seeing like the flash move that quick and just like the the humor to himself, which I know it's not gonna appeal to everyone, but like the the flash scenes in this movie made me more excited to like see his movie. Not so much like another like Justice League movie per se, but um. Like, in that regards. Um, I don't know. I liked, um... Like, the climax itself, like, felt, like, more earned this time, obviously, because I had a huge line to it, rather than the actual cut. It was just really, like, just thrown in, and it didn't feel as exciting. Uh, the, the color palette was obviously changed, too, to be look a little more close to what Snyder wanted. I'm not saying it... It's a great look, but it, it definitely did look better, at least. And, um... I did hit. I did start hitting my uh, holy fuck. There's a lot more, a lot left in this movie during the climax, though, where I was like, oh, this feels like it's wrapping up, and 
there was another 40 minutes. That that did not feel great watching it, but for the most part, I wouldn't say I was, like, bored watching this movie the entire time. And I found myself more invested in the characters this go. Whether that doesn't exactly absolve of Snyder of all his crimes that and the issues he's brought upon this, this series as a whole are just not going to be fixed or made more likable to both of you, but, um... Like, for his weird, fucked-up vision of these superheroes, which he doesn't fully understand, like, mm. Superman at all. Like, that's clear. It's been clear since Man of Steel, which, that movie's way more enjoyable than this, obviously. It also seems, feels a lot quicker when you watch it, watch them again, because it's only, like, two <laughs> hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, puts a new perspective on watching a movie when, after you watch a four-hour one, where it's like, oh, this movie's already over. Cool. Mike, can, can I push a little bit and just ask, what about the character, like, could you give me an example of one of the characters that feels more engaging to you in this movie than in the original cut that like you felt like you learned or, like something specific you learned about them or more connected to them for some reason. I'm just, I'm just uh, honestly curious. Prop actually Batman scenes are cool. Like really? more than half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, 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 I exact liked, opposite. I, like I really liked Ben Affleck as a uh, Batman and like, I liked his, like his take, like seeing more scenes of Bruce Wayne is cool to me, and I would have, I would have liked him to have his own solo movie. Perhaps we should have just gotten a Batman solo movie before we got Batman vs Superman. But it's interesting you say that because I really felt that because I also liked, even though it's like a weird take on it, I kind of liked the Ben Affleck Batman, like in Batman vs Superman, and then even in Justice League to a degree. All right, both y'all, I'm calling the cops. This is unacceptable. <laughs> but. I'm just let me just finish. I felt that any in, and this could be there. There might also be a little bit of the effect of this movie there, where it's kind of like when you're rewatching something or reading a book, where you're like, I've seen all this already. Like, because the majority of this movie is not like that different than the theatrical cut. It's just like slight. It's just longer, and they added more stuff. But most of the stuff that's in the theatrical cut is in this. There, there's things that we didn't shot, sure, but like not a ton of stuff. It's just re re sliced and re diced. Um, but I just felt that. For some reason, his character came across in this movie like less Batman-y. He had, I felt he was just really flat. He just contributed nothing. He had no arc. I, I just like he was just there to be like the guy who brings people together, which not typically a Batman thing. So I don't I don't really but know. But he swore at his at his grave that he would do this. Okay. You must understand. Yeah, okay. Alright. Couple things about Batman. Alright. I'm sorry. Uh, ben Affleck is the worst Batman. Um, look, Ben Affleck is sometimes a charismatic presence on screen. And he is charismatic in this movie, but he is not Bruce Wayne. Like, at least not any version of Bruce Wayne that we understand. Like, there is nothing about Ben Affleck's performance here that suggests to me um, someone who was born rich like he if this was some version of bruce wayne who was like just born a normal kid and like got rich on the stock market 10 years ago okay i can believe that but there's nothing about it that makes me feel like this guy at all comes from money or comes from a world of wealth um that would suggest the actual backstory that he had Secondly, um, 
I understand he swore it at ba- at Superman's grave, but why? <laughs> he swore it at Superman's grave because they wanted to set up a sequel. Like, this Batman that we were introduced to in Batman v Superman was presumably a Batman who was um, scarred and guilty by Robin's death, um, which perhaps caused him to go down a darker, more violent road, right? That's kind of what we were setting up here, right? And if that's the ground we're starting on, this is a guy who is racked by guilt um, for someone who died, you know, basically on his behalf. Why the fuck is he building a new team? Why is that his idea if the most recent trauma in his life was getting Robin killed? Wouldn't, like... Batman's arc would need to be, and this would be fine, would would be he needs to come around to the idea of working with people again and learning to open up again and, you know, having a relationship with anyone again. And that should have been obvious to Zack Snyder because that's one of the subplots of The Dark Knight Returns, which is what Zack Snyder masturbates to every night. I don't understand how you how you could miss this. It's so out of character for this Batman to be the one putting the team together. What would so, make so more? So who do you think should have been like putting the team together? Wonder, Wonder Woman? Woman. Yes. <laughs> or maybe the Flash. You could view it like the Flash gets a premonition or whatever, or runs in the future by accident and sees shit, and he needs. To, he's kind of a fanboy and has to go around and get all convince all these heroes who are like way older and way you know have way more status and stuff than this younger kid. Like, that's another tact you could take. You know, obviously an Aquaman because he's got his whole, like, brooding whatever Ugh. stuff going on. Yeah, we got six different scenes of him saying, like, I'm not going to save the world. <laughs> okay, and we got the, it. And then at the end when he said, I never said that. You're like, you kind of said that. Yeah, you said it, like, <laughs> six times, dude. Um, but, like, yeah, Wonder Woman should be putting the team together because that's kind of what she was kind of set up to do in her movie. It was all about her being this kind of inspirational symbol, right? And bringing people together to fight for good. That was kind of one of the themes of Wonder Woman. Makes sense for her to do it again. Plus, she's, you know, she's the one who presumably knows the most about Darkseid, knows the most about the threat. She should be the one who's trying to persuade everybody else Hey, you need to do this. Trust me, I know. I've been around a while. I've seen bad shit. Um, instead of Batman, who's like, you know, gritty crime fighter science boy, he's going to be like, you know, just, oh, all of a sudden, like, yep, extra dimensional threat. They've got these special boxes. I've got to go recruit a bunch of other superheroes to fight this. Like, the. You know, Batman, I, I, I feel like just the Batman we all know, like, if you came to him out of the blue and was like, hey, um, you know that one alien we just fought? Turns out there's a lot more. That Batman would probably be like, are you sure this isn't a plot by the Riddler? Like, it just it just doesn't track. It doesn't make sense to me. And then, again, if you had Wonder Woman setting up the team and Batman was the one who didn't want to join up because Batman works alone, because the last time Batman teamed up with somebody, he got a child murdered. Um, then you have, like, you have some dramatic arc for Batman. 
Um, and you also give Wonder Woman more to do. She gets one scene where she's talking someone into joining, and it's like a three-second conversation with Cyborg, like, oh, I see you're sad. You know, I've been sad, too. And he's like, good point. I will join your team. <laughs> also, she's like, I feel people, I've seen some articles talking about how, and this is this is the weird layer that's over top of this whole thing right now, of like, Whedon being a pariah right now. You know, just like, you know, people hate, well, maybe justly so, but like, and his trying to basically go back and find all the misogyny in his work, you know, whatever. So now it's like, oh yeah, well, Zack Snyder really knew how to handle, you know, Wonder Woman's character better than Joss Whedon. And I'm like, um, he yeah, didn't know he how to handle out, any character. He He didn't do like the boob joke, I guess, which is good, but... Literally the only time Wonder Woman expresses any amount of emotion in this movie is when she's talking about her dead boyfriend, which she does yep. three times, which, you know, was 70, 80 years. No, more than that. It's World War One. No, it was that because uh, Wonder Woman 1984 uh, yeah. changed. And then he came back. Which didn't exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they didn't have that in the plans, I guess. But but I'm just like, that's just, it. it's just so great. It's like. All she's she's defined by the guys she liked, and that's just like if that if that's a feminist way of interpret like you know of of a, handling a character. I'm not really sure I'm following it anymore. Like, ooh, ah, uh, it's just. I feel like the people who who think that, like, who are who are you know getting up on their hind legs to applaud this you know Snyder's version of Wonder Woman are the people whose definition of strong female character starts and ends with she punch good. Um, but let's, while we're talking about characters and how they're handled, can anybody tell me what any character in this movie wanted? Um, okay, let's, let's just, let's just, let's, <laughs> what did Wonder Woman want? To defend the world? It, sure. I mean, her, her people were like fucking killed by Stephen Wolf. Like, right? Oh, okay. So why she wouldn't to... she want to like, like, join this quest? Like, that's silly. Right. Okay, so she wanted to beat the bad guy. Okay. Yes. Yes. She wanted to beat the bad guy. What did Batman want? Uh, he was fulfilling a promise at the grave. Okay, I know this isn't how your vision of <laughs> you want Batman to go, but this is no. We're, this is the hand we're dealt. So, um. But but he promised. But but he pro but he. He He's assembling the, the bad team, guy. even though it doesn't go against your the great quota, whatever. But um, but but my point is that it that's that the whole thing is out of character for him. And if you want him to do that, you need to show me him like getting to that point. You know what I mean? That could have been something for him. Like my my point here is that none of these characters have any like they don't have any personal stake in any of this. They're all just doing it because they're superheroes and there's a supervillain, so they gotta okay. go do the superhero. How is that thing. any different than the like an Avengers movie? Like the superheroes are going after the bad guy. Like how's that any different in that well, regard? Typically, they all have they all have some degree of personal stake in the outcome. Like for example, I, I mean, just Wait, going so with no other characters movie would have a, a personal stake if Stephen Wolf took over the world. Like no, no, no. That... Well, above and beyond that. So, for example, a lot of what drove Tony Stark in the movies after Ultron was um, was his guilt 
and trepidation that resulted from basically making Ultron, right? So some of yes. the stuff, you know what I mean? Like mm, he I had suppose. an emotional stake there. Um, and that's the first one that comes to mind. I haven't watched a lot of these in, in a while, but like, or even, you know, like Spider-Man, you know, he's not in those movies a lot, but typically, and it, it's pretty basic, but it's like, he wants to prove himself to his heroes, right? And that drives his decisions. And it, it gives you some, you know, some view of his character. This isn't like super deep. It's not a lot of stuff, but like all the characters have some personal investment in the in the events above and beyond just like stopping the bad guy from doing the bad thing. Yeah, or is or you know, it, it's either it's either personal stake or a personal connection to the bad guy, which is another thing that Marvel does a lot of, right? Where it's like not only is this guy bad, but I also he's my old business partner, or he was my dad, or he was my whatever, which maybe is a question a little too much. Or I think we're also gonna get they have secondary and tertiary motivations. Right. Like it's not just this singular like we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, and in this case, particularly, the bad guy's motivation is just, like, particularly linear and, <laughs> you know, singularly, like, uh, uni unitary, right? Eh, eh, get it? Like, unity? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, you know, which sometimes Marvel does, but oftentimes, like, you get there through something else, and I've seen some other things like, oh, doesn't Steppenwolf have so much more character in this movie? It's like, I guess, but, like, it's A not little bit. A little bit. But actually, I mean, actually, in terms of development, he's kind of got the most because he's not just here to do a job, right? right. He also he... F has to, like, redeem himself to Darkseid for reasons that we are not made privy to. But at least that's something. Like, and that does give some of his scenes a little bit more punch because he has, he actually has something emotionally at stake in, like, succeeding. Whereas, right. obviously, yeah, that our heroes don't want the world to end, but like, like you even had this chance of like you set up the scene with 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 the Flash with Barry where he goes to visit his dad in prison, and we get a huge exposition dump, uh, a whole bunch of setup about like his dad being framed for murder that we just not paid off on at all, but like okay, but is somehow like how does the flash participating in the adventure, like get him closer to his goal of getting his dad out of prison. Like you could have set up. Um, it's very important for the flash to do this because he thinks that obviously he wants to help save the world, but also if he can ingratiate himself to Batman, maybe Batman can help get his dad out of jail because Batman's the greatest detective and maybe he can help uh, Barry crack the case. Right. So he's got a lot of like, so that gives him a little extra. Why does he want to get this done? Right. You know? Um, and then we spend so much time setting up cyborg, but we don't actually give him any of his own motivation of why he should help, you know, or what's at stake for him for trying to help. That's another thing that we don't get here is that like, and again, the, the Flash, they had a great opportunity to set this up where, like, and they kind of went there a little bit, but then just abandoned it. Like, it's kind of saying that, like, when the Flash uses his powers, when he pushes himself too far, there might be consequences, right? Um, so there's an inherent risk every time he uses his powers. Um, you know, that's... I mean, it's kind of a common thing in, in superhero movies. I feel like, you know, they use that a lot with Logan of like, 
Professor X can do stuff, but it's kind of unstable and it hurts everybody else. So there's a cost. Um, and that gives, so that would have given Barry like some little bit of like, he's making, when, when he has to do these things, he's making, he has to make a choice. He's making some, he's potentially making a sacrifice to do these things, but it's just like, no, he just can run real fast. I also want to point out character motivation wise, like to pile on with Greg here, you know, to, if we're going to compare to Marvel, you know, I can't help but think that like, when I was watching this, the one scene that actually, actually kind of landed for me emotionally was when Superman returns to the farm and he sees Lois and he sees his mom. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of partially because like Amy Adams is a great actor and is wasted in this movie woman and like you know i like henry cavill and and i but it occurred in my head it's like oh well of course this scene landed for me these are the characters i know the most about yeah. and have the most connection to and i you know i i don't i i get mad because people are like well what were you supposed to copy marvel once just like no but like the reason that we know all these secondary and tertiary you know layers on our characters is because we've had some time with them as opposed to shoving all of them in one movie and then hoping it works out, it's kind of like if you're watching, Shannon, I've been watching a lot of The Great British British Bake Off for some reason. Um, it's actually really nice. I really like it. Um, but it's like it's like you're watching a cooking competition show, and the one guy works really hard and does the whole thing and work, you know, uses all his time and presents it to you. The other person, they like wait three hours and then start in the last half hour and then go, well, it's pretty good for the time I had, isn't it? And it's like, well, you shouldn't have done that in the fucking first place. I'm not going to give you credit for something that like – that's the kind of attitude I feel like people have about it. It's like, well, they didn't really have the time. And it's like, they could have. They just chose not to because they well, wanted to rush this out. But they, and also, they had four hours with this movie. That's <laughs> true, too. They could have done, I mean, they could have done something here. Because there's, I mean, like, I mean, some of the little nudges I'm suggesting, like, they don't, wouldn't have taken a lot of time to set up, you know? Um, like, just that little conversation that, you know, Batman and the Flash have in the Flash's weird lair where he's watching Rick and Morty, and I really don't know why that they made a very conscious choice of making sure we saw in several shots that he was watching Rick and Morty. Um, Not as if it's on HBO Max. But, they, oh, that's a good point. Um, they, uh, like, for Barry to have said, like, yeah, I'll help you, but you have to promise to help help me out with my thing, you know? Like something like little things like that, you could have made these little changes, but instead we get these inexplicable scenes where it's like, let's take a few minutes to introduce Batman's special gloves. Or let's take what felt like a half an hour to talk about how like Batman can't get his plane to fly until he does. <laughs> well, it Cyborg paid did. off though at the end because it did fly then. So it like, yeah, the plane but, does but, like, fly. <laughs> So you can't say the movie did not deliver on... All right. The, the movie delivered on the plane flying. We'll give it to All right. Thing. That is one of the 500 setups with, that had no payoff. Okay. You guys are way too linear. Zack Snyder <laughs> had a vision seven years ahead for when this stuff would pay off. Like the scene with um, The Flash in BBS, like that was going to pay off in the second Justice League movie. But we never got it because, like, it was just too too good for this world. Well, I actually was just... <laughs> I, I was actually just thinking that, like, the scene Greg just suggested would be a great setup for 
Because at the time, they were talking about making the Flash movie a Flashpoint movie. And Batman, which it sounds like it's still going to, is go it plays a big part in that storyline because when, you know, when Barry changes the world, one of the main things that happens is that they, you know, they have the Thomas Wayne Batman yes. and Bruce was killed. So wouldn't it be great, we'll say, you know, great thing, says, you know, I'll help you, you know, gotta save the world, but I really need you to help me get my father out. So then the next movie opens with Batman and Flash, like, you know, pouring over documents and going back to the scene of the crime and running analysis. And then they come to the conclusion together, you know, that it was reverse Flash. And then, you know, they talk about whatever. And then Flash does this thing, sex research, the movie goes on. But it's like, then you have all this well-tied stuff together where it's like the the breadcrumbs that Snyder's trying to leave, they just like, he just throws them out in the park and just like hopes that they amount to something. Like, I'm trying to think of some other things in this movie that they just like, I mean, there's obviously a ton of stuff for referencing what I guess was going to happen in Aquaman, which I, to be fair, have not seen. You haven't um, seen Aquaman yet? I haven't seen, I haven't, this, I mean, just DC's general DC-ness, I just couldn't do it. I mean, I've heard it's that like Aquaman the best was one. Shazam okay. and Aquaman I've heard were the best Shazam ones. was okay. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Birds of Prey. I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84. Oh, I man. Was so, I mean. Well, you can avoid 84. <laughs> come on. But, like, if you're me and you watch Man of Steel then Suicide Squad, then Batman vs. Superman, then 2017 Justice League. Why am I, like, super amped to go watch the next one? Because <laughs> these are all different directors, and they let them do their own things with Aquaman yeah, and Shazam. But, but like, I, I even made a note of, like, man, this movie really assumes I watched Aquaman. Um, because there were conversations in Atlantis that I was like, I have nope. no idea what any of you motherfuckers Aquaman, 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 Aquaman came after Ju Justice League, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I missed then. But a lot of these conversations, I was like, I have no idea what these people, who these people are. The movies pretend, the movies treating these characters like I've seen them before. Yes. Um, and the the movie is the the things they're talking about. The movie is presenting them as if I'm supposed to know what these things are. And Marvel does that too. And I get it. These things are like they're all interconnected. But I think there's a certain threshold of. At least with Marvel movies, and there are a lot that I haven't seen, but generally when I'm watching them and they're referring to something, I feel like I'm like, okay, I know they're talking about something else, but I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's an, uh, an incredibly important detail here, and I think I get the gist of it. But these Aquaman scenes, I was like, I feel like I need to go to Wikipedia to understand you, this. You know what's funny about those Aquaman scenes, um, which is this is part of like having different directories, like, in this, like, Zack Snyder, like, goes over top and is like, no, they need a speech bubble to fucking oh talk God. underwater. And in the movie Aquaman, which I'm sure James Wan got on set, is like, fuck no, I'm not shooting a movie like this every single time. That would be, un it'd be like, so, because they're constantly underwater in that movie. So he's like, no, they can just talk underwater. Why the fuck not? Oh, okay. Exactly. Uh, that's a good change. That, that speaking of that, can I, I I'm just going to pull a cinema sense here and be like, excuse me, what? In this movie, they keep doing that. They keep opening up the water bubbles to talk in, which, like, I, I get, I guess, from, like, it looks kind of cool. I get that it's, like, a more compelling way to talk underwater. Fine. But then a different part in the movie, I forget. I think it's maybe Wonder Woman talking to somebody, maybe Batman, and they're talking about uh, Aquaman, and they say, like, oh, you know, he's an Atlantean, and, or, and then, like, oh, but he can breathe in the air. He can breathe air. And he's like, oh, must yep. be a half-breed then. And it's like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We see multiple Atlanteans on shore talking. 
and like breathing just fine. Yep. And they also open up speech bubbles, you know, in the water to talk in and breathe in. Did you just like, it was like fully contradicted that like yep. little bit in there. I was like, wait, what? And that's not right. a plot, plot hole. That's just bad writing. Right. And why is, why does, why, why does Steppenwolf have to torture the Star Labs people when he's got his little brain spiders? Right. True. Why, 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 why did we have to have a big scene where he's like, I'll torture that master. Because he, he, he needs to show that he's like a good guardian to his master. <laughs> he's more of a character in this than he was in Theatro. Like, I agree. Theatro Cut, he was like barely a character. He That's was I a agree. video game character. But he looked like I, a video game character. The least, speech so. bubble thing I, I thought was so frustrating. One, because it looked like, you know, in like a video game, sometimes when there's like a really excessive animation for something you have to do all the time. <laughs> Yes. Like, ah, uh, fuck. Every time I switch weapons, it's like a 30-second animation. I hate this. That was like this. And for, for, and for some reason, the way that it felt like Snyder was, like, dead set on showing us the full animation for the speech bubble every time it happened was very annoying. But also, the shots when... And, I, and it was mostly uh, Mara. When they were in the speech bubbles... Those looked so fucking cheap. Like, I was like, did, these were just shot in, like, Snyder's basement on an iPhone, right? Like, they just looked so bad. I don't, I don't know who exactly all had... I, uh, I think there's only, like, four total new minutes of, like, I'm, I'm shot sure footage. From what I, from what I read... The epilogue read, is most the, of it. The, I think the only thing he reshot was... The epilogue, I'm pretty sure. The epilogue is a new sh thing oh, he shot. I don't know. And then there was, like, one other scene where... I think it like doesn't I, look great, but I, I that wasn't there, one of them. There are certain scenes where, like, I noticed it especially with Ben Affleck and with Henry Cavill, where like Henry Cavill, like there are times where shot to shot he looks ten years different. Like, it, you oh know, yeah, there's some Ben Affleck shots that he looks older. Clearly, um, so I, I I don't know how much is new and how. But, but there's but, only like four to five minutes of like new shot footage. But could be. epilogue, the epilogue is a, like a big portion of it. So. Or 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 stuff that we never saw, and for whatever reason, like it never got the full like effects and color treatment that, that the other too stuff is gets, possible. Which so. is, might might be why some of it looks a little bad. Like especially, um, I feel like in the intro scene where we see Lex Luthor in the pool with Steppenwolf. Oh my god, that was horrible. I was like, I think I shot a better special effect in high school in 1998. This is awful. Um, I mean, that's like some, like, yeah, they had, that was definitely them finishing up effects. Like, and I'm, and I'm, I, I, you that know, was, I'm yeah, like, that was definitely shot. I don't that. want to get into too much of that because I'm like, you know what, this is Effects are effects, and sometimes they don't read the way they're supposed to, but, um, and this problem has much bigger, this movie has much bigger problems. I don't want to get too hung up on that, uh, just being snarky about some of the cheapness of it, but. Yeah. Um, I have a question, because in my notes, I have, in all caps, fuck the world, lol, but I don't remember who said that. I remember someone said it, but I was just thought it was really funny. Was it Cyborg that said that? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know, but all I know is somebody said that in this. One of the heroes said that in this movie, and I just was just like, really? Yeah, it, there were a lot of moments in here where it felt like um, uh, baby's first swear words. 
of like, oh yeah, we're gonna swear in this one, and you can't stop us, mom. <laughs> well, it, just... it was rated R for a reason, so it's like <laughs> what reason? So we can say the F word three whole times. Because I, I, I want to hear Batman fuck, and I want to see him fuck. So it's like, like yeah, Zach Snyder can bring that to me. I would, I would love not to see mind Batman fuck. To see, you know, to see that. But uh, this this movie, like. I mean, do, do you want to get into, like, his, his like, full intention for, like, what the sequels would, be, would bring? No, not yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I actually need to trigger Greg real quick. Ready oh, for this, Mike? Shit. You ready? I just got to say two words. Nick Cave. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me talk a little bit about the soundtrack to this movie. Um, I, I, I love Nick Cave and, and the Bad Seeds. Um, I've loved Nick Cave for a long time. Um, you know, my, my wife's wedding song was a Nick Cave song. I believe the last show I saw live was Nick Cave, uh, back when shows were a thing you could go to. Um, this movie has not one, but two Nick Cave songs in it. Um, uh, the first one... Uh, which I believe is Distant Skies, plays early in the movie. There's a montage of Lois Lane being very, very sad that her boyfriend is dead and um, uh, not, you know, having a personality of her own outside of the fact that her boyfriend is dead. Uh, but it's the song that plays, and we also get a little bit of the of kind of this, the world is mourning Superman. Uh, and you get this, you know kind of mournful uh, Nick Cave song comes in. And at first I didn't recognize it because it's a relatively new, you know, newer song that I didn't re remember. Um, and uh, the lyrics that the, the movie makes a real point of, of making sure you hear, uh, you know, is they, they told us our dreams would outlive us. They told us our gods would outlive us, but they lied. Uh, right when we're just, you know, um, seeing like, oh, Superman died, right? You know, our dreams and our gods died. Like, fucking, like, could you be any more obvious with this shit, man? And also, Zack Snyder, you don't get to touch Nick Cave. Get, get his name out of your mouth. Oh, and don't then, be that much of a gatekeeper now. Oh, I absolutely I think it's be. good putting Nick Cave in, like, a mainstream, like, like, blockbuster. Which, yeah, I, not this one. I, um, I'm not. I'm not saying there. I mean, there can be a better one, but it's like it, it's. You look, could say it's cool that it happens. You know what? You know what? You want to put Nick Cave in a mainstream blockbuster? Film his Gladiator Two script, you cowards. I, I actually, I fully would support that sequel. Yeah, that's it would be insane. <laughs> fucking wild. Um. Anyway. Uh. But then again, later in like our second or third try at like Aquaman scenes. Um, where it's just like, yeah, Aquaman, he sure doesn't want to help. He's going to go to, like, another Scandinavian fishing village and, and drink in a different sweater this time. Uh, they play the song There is a Kingdom from uh, the album The Boatman's Call, um, which is a song that is very obviously and very clearly about the Christian God and... Uh, and the difference between the the mundane world and the spiritual world, and 
to use that to talk about fucking Aquaman? This Aquaman of all Aquamen? Unforgivable. <laughs> um, and while I'm at it, uh, so the, 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 the first Flash scene where he, uh, what I'm calling incel Flash, <laughs> where um, he... Oh, come on. Hey, he uses his powers to save a girl who is a stranger to him. Um, I don't think there are sh she's a stranger exactly. Like, I think there's some connection. Well, it, it, my read was this was just to him like, oh, pretty girl I saw on the street. Like, I didn't, I didn't get any vibe like, oh, they know each other outside of this interaction. But yeah, they, they make googly eyes, but you don't make googly eyes with someone like in that way that you don't are that you already know. I feel like. Well, but but I I just go on on my read. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. He he goes to save her, uh, and while that's happening, like I just found it really weird that he like takes time to like kind of admire her and creep on her while he's using his speed powers to save her fucking life. That was a little weird to me. Okay, um, I can see that. But, but I think also, it was meant to be sweet. Oh, I, I know what they wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they also played the song that is is used in a lot of movies, but uh, it's um, Song of the Sirens by This Mortal Coil. Um, and it's this really, you know, slow, beautiful, dreamy, kind of mournful, kind of longing song, um, you know, while he's doing this thing. And, you know, there there is something that's like kind of, you know, you take this kind of beautiful song while you have this time stop action sequence, which is kind of a neat idea. But there was such a mismatch for me from the tone of the song and the character, the Flash, because I don't know, and maybe I'm being too much of a of a of a filmy asshole here, but like I feel like when we go into the whole um, like Flash time slowdown thing, we're almost it's almost like we're coming into kind of like Barry's headspace, right? Like we've kind of left the general setting of the movie, and now we're in a more like intimate space with Barry. And I would, and I feel like any, you know, like, and later in the movie they do this because we we hear like his internal monologue when this is happening, you know, um, when he's doing his whole time run and he's like talking to his dad or some shit, um, like, so I would almost feel like the music that I want to hear when he's in Barry mode is the music that plays in Barry's head, and this does not seem like the kind of music that plays in Barry's head. And maybe that's picky. So, but what just... kind of music do you think he would hear then? I don't like, know. Do fucking you want... Skrillex. He seems like a shithead. I don't know. <laughs> so, you want like this to be like uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, where um, we'll just have like a like a fucking song going on. Like no, a, I, I like that. Number like one, you're trying to feel the kids, or you just want like what Barry would do. That's what he looks to. I don't like, know that down. it needs to be a like a song song that we recognize. Like it could have just been like score music. It didn't have to be like a pop song. Um, but it wouldn't but look I, as cool in slow-mo. Yeah, it would be fine. You could have done... I, I, I think there could have... Other things could have been done, but this particular song uh, just did not feel like a good fit for the character or for the moment. Yeah, so right. I think I, I think you could have done better things. I don't... I mean... Um, 
I mean, it's a song from like 1987 or something. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem like a fit for him. Yeah, like give Flash a theme. Like they love that fucking Wonder Woman Good music God. motif. Oh, like, they play, it they is pretty it. fucking cool, though. It's cool, but it's not, not cool after the thirtieth time. Yeah, like it kind of loses the effect. And, we, and, want, and, we want to score. Like, look at the fucking Flash show. Like, there the music in that, like the score in that show, is great. And you always know, like, when they're be like, all right. Barry's revving up to something really cool and dramatic and epic because they have a musical cue that swells into like a bigger orchestra orchestration that like works. And I, I I do agree that like version of Barry Allen's a lot more likable. Well, like I, it's I not actually like. Wanna... Hey, what are you gonna say? I wanted to transition to talking about casting. Um, a couple of things I need to put in categories here. Casting I like. Wonder Woman. I actually don't mind Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I don't like what they give him to work with, but I don't mind like that interpretation of like. I, I agree. I just I don't like him in this movie. Mm. He's a okay. bit of a fish out of water. <sighs> yeah. Um. Like we can, you know, I don't mind Ben Affleck. I do agree. There's like what again? Once they give him is not great. I love the Jeremy Irons Alfred. I, and we'll get there. But I do like um, Henry. Is it? Not Henry's Henry Cavill or Henry, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill Superman. Yeah, that I, I was gonna say as well. I mean, once again, I like him as Superman. What he's been given to work with in the past not always great. And what's the guy's um, the gentleman's name who plays Martian Manhunter? And the oh fuck, um, I'd have um, to Google it. But I think he's actually a great pick for Martian Manhunter. We'll come back to Martian Manhunter in a minute. Um, but here's some casting I hate. Ezra fucking Miller as the Flash is terrible. Terrible. I don't mind his interpretation of it. Like, I think oh. I've seen it in movies before. He's possibly not, like, a great person offset. So I don't know what's going to happen with, um, if yeah. he's still going to be a Flash moving forward. But I didn't mind him for what it was, but... I hate every bit of it. Oh. I mean... Um, yeah, I also I'm... really fucking hate, uh... I mean, I just was reminded, because he's, I mean, he's not in this movie much, but the two times he is, like, wow, I hate that Jesse Eisenberg likes Luther. Holy fuck. That is I, the uh, worst casting I've, I've ever I, seen I don't in my think life. they gave him enough, to, like, enough scenes to really work with. I think I would have liked to see, hi, see him develop at least a little bit more before I judged it. Like, I just so, never thought he got his fair shake, so. I... I'm not sure how much of what I don't like about The Flash is Ezra Miller versus just the the writing or the direction. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's not working for me. Um, it also feels way too close to just Spider-Man. You know, like they just I guess, like... I, I, I mean, I think that's going to be natural just because the, the characters are kind of like quirky like that. Yeah, but I mean, you could have done... Like, why couldn't you make... Um, you know, like, you've got this, you know, so this version of The Flash is underconfident, right? You know, he's kind yes. of got that fanboy vibe, which is what we got from Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But, like, why shouldn't The Flash be, like, completely overconfident and an asshole about a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, a little bit of, um, you know, and and then I think those moments where, like, he, you know, he's he's doing the super speed, but like he has he he steps wrong and ends up crashing through a concrete wall. Like that lands better if he's an overconfident guy, you know. And if you just, you know, had all these speed powers and you're like 
you know, in your early 20s, like, yeah, you'd probably be a dick about it. It would be kind of interesting, you know, although everybody in this movie is a dick. But um, they, they should have just cast him as who they wanted him to be, which is they should have just had Jim Parsons play him and be like, here, here's your Big Bang Theory character. Here you go. Enjoy. Um, and um, um, casting. Yeah, I, I mean that's the majority of the characters in the movie that you know exist. I, I guess, although once again, I'm not kind of. I I do like uh, what's his face? Is Deathstroke? Um, oh um, shit. Joe uh, Manganiello. Joe, Joe Manganiello. Yeah. yeah, he knows what kind of movie he's in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that. I, I I want him to still have his own like. I want him to continue playing that role somehow. Yeah. And, and and I'm not sure how I feel about Jesse Eisenberg because like. I, I don't think it's his fault. I, I do think it's the way they wrote Le Lex Luthor. Like, I don't mind, like, kind of a young um, upstart Lex Luthor conceptually. But this version just seems so weak and ineffectual. You I know? think a lot of people at the time wanted, like, Brian Cranston to do, like, the Lex role. Because everyone yeah. wanted Brian Cranston for everything. Well, and, and that I time. think that would have been, been good. I mean, an older Lex Luthor is good. I mean, I don't mind... But, like, he just seems like such a punk compared to the rest of the characters. Like, he doesn't seem like a match for them. It's 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 a snare-fied uh, Lex Luthor. Wait, well, wait, it's it, what you get. It's just like with the Flash. It's just, it's like he saw something in somewhere else and was like, oh, man, Jesse Eisenberg was really good in the social network. What if I just made that character into Lex Luthor? Because that's who he is. It's who he's playing. Yeah, he's playing exactly. that same character with just a little bit of extra weirdness, and that's all it is. And it's like, that's not how you cast movies all the time. Like, sometimes that works, where someone just has, like, a type they play and it fits in different contexts, but other times it doesn't, and it just doesn't doesn't work for me. And seeing him in the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. And then at the end, like, with that random... So that was the, the original after-credits yes, scene. That, that yes. It's just in the middle of the post-climax like, post scene. The, the bonus features? No... <laughs> the bonus features, yeah. It, it felt like... It felt like when you go to the extra scenes on a DVD, the ones they the deleted scenes, and they just play one after another. That's what the ending felt like. To yeah, me. I guess that's kind of what this whole movie felt like. But oh, especially the ending. Oh man, yeah. That... Can we talk about the ending now? Can we just get there? And just oh, get let's everywhere? do it. Let's yeah. do it. Epilogue, <sighs> baby. <laughs> All right. So the way I've been describing people, uh, you know, people have been like, "You watched the Snyder Cut, right?" And I'm like, "Yep." And they're like, "What'd you think?" And I just pause, and I say, "Let me describe to you something that happens in this movie." Um, there is a scene where the Joker, this is the only scene the Joker's in, by the way, makes a joke about jerking Batman off, and then Batman tells, says to him, I'm going to fucking kill you. Done. It, this <laughs> isn't is, my part to defend this scene. No, that vlog is, is fucking, it's which fucking is, insane to watch. And that, that whole, that whole interaction seems like, um somebody who's heard things about these characters and just, but not understanding how any of it adds up and just like, let's just do that. Like, Oh, Batman doesn't kill. And he doesn't swear in my movie. He's going to say, I'm going to fucking kill you. And like, yeah, you know, like you've heard on podcasts of like vague homoeroticism around Batman, Robin Joker stuff. You've heard that that might be a thing. So you're like, I'm going to put in a homophobic joke that the Joker makes. And it's like, 
what I mean, Zach, if this was stuff you wanted to do, like I I would I, I'm open to playing with the homoerotic undertones of uh Batman and the Joker. Here's an example of how that's been done well. Um the interrogation scene in Skyfall, the James Bond movie, where uh, uh, Daniel Craig is being interrogated by... Um... Man, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Um... Mads Mikkelsen. What's that? Mads Mikkelsen. No, 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 no. That's, uh, you're thinking Casino Royale. Oh, um... sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Totally blanking. But he's being interrogated by the big bad, and there's definitely... The, and the big bad is definitely like uh, using his his ambiguous sexuality to try and make Bond uncomfortable. It works very well, and also, um, you know, is a little bit of a commentary on how James Bond is sometimes a little sexually aggressive, because now um, this character is being sexually aggressive with him, um, and it works. And there's a little bit of ambiguity to it. Um, and you wonder, like, has James Bond ever, like, done some gay stuff as part of a mission? Maybe. I don't know. Like, that's a way to do this thing in a way that works. Um, or if you're going to have Batman, like, swearing and threatening to kill the Joker, you want that to land. Um, in which case, you have to set up Batman as the guy in the earlier in the movie who has a rule against killing and never swears so that when we see future gritty Batman, we see how far he's come rather than just being like, yeah, you did it. You made Batman say the F word. Way to go, Zach. Ugh. It's a pretty, like, uh, I, I never felt like I was like, like, I felt like I was being trolled by the movie at that, that point. <laughs> well, I, I, I actually thought I was like being fucked with. Like, uh, like it was just, it seems like... Like, it just seems way too stupid to exist. It, it seems like all this, like, future post-apocalyptic nightmare stuff is the movie that Zack Snyder wants to make. That's basically why he did this scene, is because he was just, like... He wanted to give... He he, he knows they're not making, like, the rest of this movie, but that was, like, his, like, here's what you would have gotten, which is, like, this fucked-up vision. So I guess, like... I'm guessing the idea, which I guess might have been neat, is just to, like, maybe counteract, like dark vision narrative in co-op with, like, what's happening in the current to prevent it from happening, I'm guessing. But, like, the only thing that doesn't make sense is, like, like, almost, like, would you just have a whole movie in the dark vision? Is well, that what's, I, like, I actually read, to? read it today of what the plan was. So, um, the original plan was, well, I'm gonna put this in heavy air quotes. What Zack Snyder says the original plan was <laughs> um, is... He says that this is going to be the first movie, and then the second movie was going to be Darkseid coming, he kills Lois Lane, and then that drives Superman insane because Superman had asked Batman to protect Lois Lane at all costs. Yes. And other people have too, which is why that weird Martian Manor thing is happening, I guess, but we'll come back to that. But, um, and then basically they do the whole nightmare situation where they're in... Mad Max world and Batman's, you know, got goggles on and the Joker's there or something. And then basically the way they solve it is they get the Flash to go back in time to make Batman sacrifice himself to protect Lois Lane and save everybody, thus closing Batman's arc 
Oh, also, originally in this movie, which is another thing that, that Snyder keeps saying, where he's like, but in the original version, I'm like, well, isn't this what it's supposed to be? Uh, Lois Lane and Batman were supposed to be in a romantic relationship after Superman died. Which would be interesting, but this movie gives me, gives, like, played so fast and loose with the timeline of, like, wait, how long has it been since Superman died? Like, yeah. was it last week or was it two years ago? The movie doesn't seem to know or care. Um, I, yeah, I, I saw that too. I just, I feel like as I was watching that part, I was like, this actually would have been a more interesting way to, honestly, if you had started your Justice League thing with this, some future thing where everything is fucked up and awful and dark and Superman's a bad guy, and that is day one of all of your Justice League shit, you don't start with Batman versus Superman. You just fast forward to this. That could have been very interesting, because now, I, I, you know, you've got a more or less a blank slate. Villains can be heroes. Heroes can be villains. You can play with our expectations, um, and you can work me backwards to how we got there. Um, but instead, this movie just keeps teasing, like, "Hey." It would be real. It would really suck if Superman was bad, right? And we're like, yeah, I guess it would. But, like, why would he turn bad? Don't worry about it. But, but, oh, but he's kind of bad in this. Why? Because wouldn't it be cool if he was? Wouldn't it be cool if he had a black suit? But why does he have it? Don't worry about it. It was in a comic once. Um, can, I'm also going to lay something out here that, um, and listen, I know that, there's many comic stories and comic book movie stories that are not particularly new or, you know, unique. So, you know, I'm painting with a broad stroke here. However, let's take a step back here and say, hmm, okay, two movies. The first arc ends with them winning. Okay, but then, like, pretty soon in the beginning of the second one, they lose. And then they're in a future where the bad guys have won. And they have to go back in time to fix, mm. you know, that mistake. Sounding vaguely familiar, something mm. in the past couple years that have come out. Um, I don't know. I've just, I mean, maybe it's just something, maybe it's just me, but yeah, I, I just can't help think that like this movie really wanted to be Infinity War, like all uh, time watching it. There were a lot of movies this movie wanted to be. I'm pretty sure that the whole like flashback battle with Darkseid for the first time, I'm pretty sure that was just an asset flip from the opening scene of Fellowship of the Ring. But it looked cool, though. I'm pretty sure that it was just palette swaps. Like <laughs> that is a cool. They even scene. cut off a guy's hand with a magic ring that came off the hand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is it's. He clearly wanted this feel like an epic superhero movie, which I feel like Lord of the Rings. Essentially, the the mother boxes are the rings. Right, but he doesn't like he doesn't. It, that's the that's the difference. Is it's not like he's trying to replicate. He doesn't know how to replicate the feel of Lord of the Rings. He just knows how to reshoot it with his characters in it. Right. Because, <laughs> like, one of my questions... Now I want to get a couple couple cinema sins, just, like, plot hole question things I don't understand. And maybe there's just... I missed something, which is possible. It's a fucking four-hour movie. But, like, in that scene, the, the narration scene with the Greek gods and the Lantern and the Elanians and, and everything, like, okay... That, that scene's pretty fun to watch. Like, I like that in the, the yeah. shorter version and the 2017 version. I like to hear, like, now again, this one I get to see Zeus and Ares fighting Darkseid. Like, yeah, that's fucking cool. Sign me up for that. The fact that they beat Darkseid is a little bit confusing, but I'm not going to 
like said too much on that. That's fine. Whatever. But in this movie, you know, they these people, all these people who are all still alive, I guess, you know, or you know, did you know not too distantly, they all have this, you know, this mythos of the dark side and the mother boxes and they're all protecting them, the Atlanteans and the Themyscarans, the Amazons. So when they take it, they're just like, oh well, and just fucking like fuck off. Like, wouldn't it have made more sense to them to amass another army and go like that's what they should have had is Batman's fucking giant troop carrier goes picks up a army of Atlanteans and Themyscaras that goes and drops in the middle of the final battle to fight all the Parabians. That would be an epic superhero movie moment, but you know, hmm, that seems dumb. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of weird inconsistencies there. Like agreed, like if if you guys could get everybody together to fight him once like who's not going to get together to like save the world again because it's not like we've really established why the atlanteans and the Themyscarans hate each other you know like right. at least in lord of the rings like they give you a little bit of a sense of why legolas and gimli aren't totally cool with each other you're like okay i get it all right fine um but the but then there's also the problem of uh okay so Darkseid came to Earth and he was going to use the mother boxes to basically like terraform Earth, which is needlessly complex and ritualistic, but whatever, it's superhero stuff. And then we beat him. And then he, he forgot about us, I guess. Not, not only did he forget about us, but in the scene where they're fighting in the past, he hits the ground and he sees the anti-life equation. Which is in the ground, right? That big squirrely, you know, yeah. squiggly thing. It's definitely not a ripoff from the Thor symbol, you know, when he travels via yeah. the Rainbow Bridge. Um, so yeah, which, which is which is the thing he wants, right? And then halfway the through this movie, we're like, I know there's these mother boxes, but what he's really after is the anti-life equation, and he he lost that too, and he never forgot the the, the world that wouldn't let him have it, but but he did forget. <laughs> yeah. But then at the end, he's like, like, now now I know where the anti-life is. I will never, I'll, you know, we'll go the old-fashioned way. And it's like, but why didn't you go for, like, I don't well, you understand. you also knew it was here. <laughs> yeah, like, didn't the you know? The Mother Boxes knew it was here. You knew it was here. Y you also, like, how do you, for you're, you're this galaxy-spanning, like, demigod. How do you lose a fucking planet? <laughs> I mean, also, why did you wait? Like, they're like, oh, well, you know, Superman's death cry, which that that opening this movie was so dumb. Like, I mean, that's probably what said. I was like, are we just watching this sound wave go across? I, I just, it was such a weird. I like, mean, that, that that doomsday fight scene is just bad in general in BBS for a movie that has like a cool fight scene between Batman and Superman. Like the oh, doomsday yeah. fight is just like when he just starts like doing shockwaves. It's like it's just so unappealing to look at. I I yeah. couldn't stand it. But just and like, also Batman's like useless, basically useless. Let's but they, see what they, they said in this movie. Yeah, they said that um, you know that epic fight happened like five thousand years ago, and then you know whatever. And then they're like you know, Superman's death. Super, the mother boxes knew that Superman was gone, so they woke back up and or it's like, well, he was only he's only been here for like maybe thirty or forty years tops. Right. So like, what well, what about the other four thousand and eight hundred and whatever years? Like. And clearly they said no lanterns, and it's like, well, we don't really know why there isn't another lantern, but I, I just, I, I just, and like, I don't like to, like you said, it's it's like, I, it's comic book stuff, I don't want to get too in like the, oh, it doesn't make it, but just like, I, I, Darkseid's motivations are already so just like, 
just like capital E evil, right. just like I want to destroy everything or be control of everything. And it's like, okay, fine. So then the only interesting aspects of his wanting to control everything is how he's going to do that and the, like the methodology which he does it. And it's like, that's the anti-life equation, I guess. And uh, yeah, but I will but, say though, Dark Side looked cool. His but design he looked cool. a lot better. For, for us, the viewers, like, I'm not given any impression of like, what the anti-life equation does you know like what what if how is him getting the anti-life equation worse than him activating the mother boxes you know yeah like how does this raise the stakes of the movie it, it, um you know and and also like you know again the comparison is to infinity war and endgame but you know, Zach, if you didn't want us making that comparison, maybe you shouldn't have just tried to remake them. Um, <laughs> but, like, we understand why Thanos wants to do what he wants to do. Does it not hold together completely logically? No, it does not. But it's internally consistent, you know? And it, it's good enough for a comic book movie. And you're like, okay, he he is the hero of his own story, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what Darkseid's doing. I mean, at least I feel like with Steppenwolf, a little bit of like, oh, he's in a cult, you know, like when he has his little conversation with his manager, we got a lot of, con- we got a lot of scenes of Steppenwolf talking to his manager, um, you know, and, and, and when they hear anti-life and then they start, you know, reciting weird little words. And I just have to point out, like, um, we have subtitles on, on all our TVs, because apparently when you've got a kid around who watches TV, having subtitles on, it just kind of helps some early reading comprehension. So we have subtitles on everywhere. Um, uh, and the subtitle for that scene was just, it just said like alien language, you know, in brackets. <laughs> but like, as I'm hearing it, I'm like, that's just like Latin-y sounding stuff. Like, I'm just going to like, so it's not Latin, but it's close enough. It's just like church words that they were saying. <laughs> but I was like, it's spooky. And they clearly have a like, what seems like a genuine like religious devotion to this thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's enough for me for them. But then for dark side, it's just like, he wants to do anti-life so that he can rule the universe. Oh God. You know, um, it, it just, it, 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 there is a little bit of delicious irony of how Thanos it, it was initially made, I think, by Jack Kirby for Marvel because just as like a, it, it's Dark Side but legally distinct for Marvel Comics, <laughs> and now Dark Side is just some bobo ass Thanos, like right? Walmart Thanos, similar to the Deathstroke Deadpool thing almost, where it's like yeah. Deathstroke is barely a character people care about, and Deadpool is now this you know, yeah, um, wolf, yeah. All right, Mole Man, we or Mike Boy, we've been a. Uh, you know, talking over here a little bit. What do you got for us? Give us some more uh, defense. Um, my general defense is just, uh, just seeing a fucking lunatic finally just do their vision one last time before they're probably just shunned to Netflix uh, movies now. But um, <laughs> I don't. We can I don't even dream. agree like all of like Zack Snyder's decisions with these characters. I was just game for, like, how weird he was going to get. To the point, like, I just, like... Like, I was, at this point, like, watching some of the stuff, like... Especially rewatching Batman vs. Superman and the Martha scene. They really should have had that. Uh, his one original plot was having uh, 
Martha Wayne, um, like, actually survived the shooting, but go and witness protection for some reason and not, like, see her son ever. What? Or I think she woke up in a coma or something like that. What? But eventually, she goes to witness protection and goes to uh, Smallville and becomes... No. Yes. No. no. Are, you, are you fucking she, serious? Yes, that was one of the original plans. <laughs> that not like one of his early back to like Man of Steel days, but like he said that was one of his original plans, but he didn't actually do it. But they he thought about like having them having the same mom, basically. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna rant. I'm gonna rant here for a minute and just be like, one of the reasons Marvel has been so successful is because they've been able to take things from the comics. Smooth them out, iron them out, mesh them together a little bit, take out the bad parts generally, you know, put some more emphasis here, maybe a couple changes there where it's necessary, and then they poop them out and they're good to go. As opposed to just like, let's just do random shit. Like, and yeah. that seems to be Zack Snyder's approach to this, which is I like, just, it's like, I don't think he wants to make Justice League movies. Yeah. He keeps trying to turn the he, he keeps trying to turn Justice League into some other thing. And it's right. like, just do the other thing, man. Like, don't, you know, if if, if you want to make the boys, go make the boys. Right. You know, stop trying to like shoehorn in all of your weird ass nonsense into this. Or, um or since apparently I was watching the like making of the Snyder Cut little YouTube video today, which was fine, but yeah, everyone just talking about how like he draws every major scene in the movie, uh, uh. and it's like, and then it's like, yeah, you just step in and you're just part of it, and it's like, okay, so he just wants to make comics. Zack Snyder, just go make comics. Like, if you want to go make Injustice, which is the thing that already exists, just go do that. Like, yeah. I, I just don't know and, why. And. Uh, I just want to be clear about something here. Like, uh, it's not that I don't, it, it, it's not just that I don't like Zack Snyder's style or his approach. I don't. I, 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 I don't like his visual style. I don't like his approach to characters. I really don't like that in every movie he does, he does not seem to give a shit about regular people. Like, they're not even a factor in anything he considers. That's kind of weird. Um, and the way that he must deify all of his central characters, literally by just comparing them to Christ and God all the time, is a little weird. I don't like any of that. Um, but I also don't like Michael Bay. I don't like... But I will say, Michael Bay is good at being Michael Bay. Michael Bay's movies are internally consistent with whatever that Michael Bay thing is, they're doing it. Explosions, um, hot girls, and cars. Yeah. Yes. Um, whereas Zack Snyder... It, he's not even good at doing his own thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? Whatever. He wants to be the slow-mo master and use slow-mo all the time in his action scenes. Okay, fine. Whatever. Not for me, but I get it. But then he also misuses slow-mo in dramatic scenes or as a visual cue for The Flash. Um, 
or he wants to be like grim and gritty. Okay, fine. Be grim and gritty. Uh, but he does it with the characters least suited to being grim and gritty. Or, rather than make the movies of those characters when they are grim and gritty, like, just make Dark Knight Returns, Zack. That's what you want. Just do that. He tries to, like, shoehorn that version of Batman into a world that has nothing to do with that version of Batman to make him play nice with surfer Aquaman. What it, 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 it's just, it's not just that I don't like the aesthetics is what I'm saying is that it, it's still a mess. And, um, I don't think he has a vision. I think he has ideas and no idea how to connect them. He loves like just cool shots. That's, that's his thing. But my, or what my he problem... thinks are cool shots. Yeah, that's that's better to said, Mike, because that's my problem with this movie is that I'm okay with the rule of cool, like, a lot of the time, but nothing in this movie felt cool to me. Yeah. Like, there, there's a, there's there's lots of stuff I thought in, in Man of Steel and Batman or Superman that, that felt cool to me. You know, when, like, A, I mean, we may not like, you know, it's, you know Greg may not like Ben Affleck as Batman, however... This depiction of Batman visually is by far the coolest for me and the most really? accurate in my head. I think so, yeah. Like, the outfit, like, his costuming, at least for Batman and Superman, I'd say, are pretty on point. Not the black suit. Well, the black suit looks fine, but once again, no reason to have it. But, like, they look, they're, they split that line between, like, comic booky, but not, like, you know, I don't know. I just felt that. I, the so, Nolan suit isn't great to me. Like, it's fine for what it is, and it makes sense in that kind of world place. But I thought I think the biggest thing about the Batman, this Batman suit, is that, you know, the, the cowl just looks like, even though it's kind of goofy and, like, you know, permanent angry eyebrows and stuff, it just looks the most natural I've seen because I think it is rubber versus, like, hard plastic or whatever. So, I, I, I see, I, uh, I, I think the problem with this... Batman is it's it's rubber that's trying to look like not rubber and it looks so big and bulky and like he can't move his head and it it seems so unnatural and it's so obviously padded that the whole time I'm looking at it it just it looks fake and clunky and 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 that sort yeah, of thing I, I guess uh, that's true but I guess what I, I guess for what I feel about it is that it feels the whole outfit feels consistent to me like, it's all padded. It's all over the top. Like, his cape is CGI most of the time. Like, and because of that, he can make Batman do very Batman-looking things as opposed to guy on tightrope, like, you know, looking things, which is, you know, not to throw shade. It's just, like, that's just what it looks like. <laughs> and I just feel like... That's why, like, in Batman and Superman, there's scenes where it's just, like, this is the Batman I imagine in my mind... Maybe not perfectly, like what he looks like visually, but how he moves and how he acts in scenes. Like when he goes to rescue Martha in that movie, like that's a fucking Batman scene. I mean, he murders people, which isn't quite it, but like the way he fights and you know he, he whatever. can move. He actually like it's how he moves in the comics. It's probably like the most like right. he's ever looked because every other previous adaptation had to morph it to what can the actor do in this right. suit. <laughs> and Superman, Superman, similar thing. Like with Man of Steel, and then these two, you know, Batman or Superman. And then this movie, although much more in the scene where he is resurrected than in the final fight scene, it's just like, he's the first person who has really captured, like, what, how, 
how scary Superman is in a power level kind of way. Yes. Although he that that's gotten to his head and he just wants to constantly be S- making Superman's Superman ability to protect the Earth is uh, he just causes multiple 9-11s <laughs> to <laughs> prevent like a slightly bigger version of a multiple 9-11 yeah, event. Yeah, example, but... another scene that like I really liked in Batman Superman was the opening scene where you're seeing Superman that scene fight. Does roll. Like, Superman like... fight. The, the scene from Man of Steel and, and it's seeing, fucking horrifying. You know, from Bat, from Bruce Wayne's perspective, I'm like, that scene's awesome. Like, it, yeah, it, it, it is great. <laughs> it addresses the criticism that people had about, you know, Man of Steel in, in the same way that, you know, sometimes Marvel can go back and kind of like m- poke fun at itself or, you know, try and. But at the same point, just like with Watchmen, like, Zack Snyder doesn't fucking get it. Like, he was like, oh, I'll do that to show them I get it. And then, to Greg's point, he doesn't give a shit about anybody else. And, like, there's a bunch of things from 2017 Justice League that are absent here for me. Like, things that I like that we didn't shot that aren't in this. Like, like in, what? The, in the tunnel scene, I think it's in the tunnel scene, where, you know, um, the Flash has this really memory breaks down because I can't save them all. And Batman just says, he you know, sits down, looks him in the eye, you know, veteran hero to new hero, like, just save one. That's yep. a great fucking line That's a scene. good scene. And oh, yeah, that, that was here. missing. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, I know that people like the Flash going back in time and doing that whole thing in the final fight. I much preferred to have the Flash saving people in, you know, in the final fight scene, because that's what heroes do. Like, that's one thing that I think one of Whedon's strengths was in Avengers and Age of Ultron that he brought into... Seven, the 2017 version was that he always shows the heroes saving regular people always yep. and marvel kind of always tends to do that um and that, that's not Zack snyder's plan which i know is just and that's murder murder fucking that. everyone <laughs> on screen right but that's well and that's that's one of the big flaws i think with snyder generally and this movie specifically is you've got to show me a world worth saving mm-hmm. and um, you know, one way you do that, and Marvel does this, where it's like, oh, that's our world. <laughs> I recognize, you know, that they have like celebrity cameos of like celebrities playing themselves, <laughs> you know, and and but you also get some like regular people, you know, the characters have, you know, they have their love interests who are non-powered, and like, so we as a viewer get a little bit of a sense of like, I want to see them save this world. But, like, the Snyder world, I'm like, I don't know. These are all fucking made-up cities. None of these characters have any, like, family or friends that I really care about. I never see them really saving, you know, uh, just regular people. The only person I saw the Flash save was a girl he wanted to fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess he saves the hostages in that scene. But once again, like, it's not as... It's very, like... Right, but you could, yeah, it, it's like, it's like well, you have to at that point. Yeah, there are hostages as part of, you're, you're going here to, you're really going here to fight the bad guy, not to save people. But there's a scene where, you know, when, when, when Superman goes bad, and he starts to, like, laser eye a whole, like, line of Humvees, and we see some troops jump out of the last one, but he definitely sliced, like, six Humvees in half before <laughs> those guys jumped out of the way. Yeah, like, and, and there's, a, and I don't want to be too harsh. There's a couple of scenes where, like, in that scene particular, which I think was one of the better scenes of the movie, um, like, Cyborg saves that one police officer and, and whatever. Like, there's they do save a couple people, but, like... Yeah, it happens but, from time to time, but you but never see... But they're also characters. Like, he's pointed out, like, when they save 
Cyborg's dad, like, that's a character in the movie. When they say that police officer, he's the guy that Lois keeps talking to. Right. They're not just random people who get caught in the crossfire, which I think is important. Um, so... And, and, and it seems tacked on, and it, it's... Um, uh, it, it doesn't seem like Zack Snyder cares about any characters in his world other than the big heroes the big gods, right? He wants to make movies about gods and he does not care about the mortals. And I mean, that's an approach, but when it's a movie about, like you say, Andrew, like it's about heroes. It's about gods who help mortals, but these guys never help mortals where they don't seem to care to, you know? Yeah. Um, like, you know what movie I'm going to watch in a couple weeks? That's probably going to be awesome about gods fighting mortal combat and it's going to be yeah. fun and it's going to be that's what Zack Snyder made he just needs to make mortal combat he wants to see gritty stupid over the top people fighting each other got well, the movie and that's for him the thing. mortal combat <laughs> you know going back to what you said Andrew about like the rule of cool like I'm I'm all about that too like I do not mind a movie that's just like cool and awesome for cool and awesome's sake but there's a way to do that right like look at Crank look at John Wick look at all of the Fast and Furious movies right like you can do it you can make a movie that's just about like, you know, like, hey, just like sit back. We're going to blow a lot of shit up and you're going to have a great time. Uh, but what those, none of those movies try to do that Snyder tries to do is also try to imbue your movie with all of this meaning and weight and gritty emotion. You know, <laughs> they, they don't. They're like, no, we, we, we're making an action movie where where Keanu Reeves shoots the entire planet in the face like that's what this is. Um, and it doesn't try to be anything bigger than that. But Zack Snyder keeps trying to make this all about like artistic vision. And I'm making a statement. And it's like, nah, dude, you're really not. And the fact that you think you are makes this worse. Right. And it's it's like this rule of cool at the like at the expense of anything else. Example, like in one of the other opening scenes of the movie when Wonder Woman is fighting the thugs. Um, and Bruce Bolton, um, <laughs> like, okay, they're anarchists, they're gonna blow this up, okay, whatever. So she, you know, has the cool fight scene, she does, she deflects the bullets, fine, whatever. And then the guy is, you know, shooting, she deflects the bullets, he has to reload, and then she hits him with the mega gauntlets, which blows up, like, you know, three, like, blocks worth of, like, a single floor of the building, after their big thing was just blowing up buildings, and it's just like... She could have just punched that guy. Like, why would she do that? Like, it just... Because he wanted an explosion in there. And it's just like, I don't... I just don't understand what that earned us, right? And it just... I was saying this earlier, but it just goes... Like... Big dumb action scenes are fun, and they're fine. And... But... None of them felt fun in this movie for me. And... They also didn't tell a story. So you got to have one or the other, hopefully both. Like most of Marvel's are so good now because when you have fight scenes, the one at Endgame, I, you know, when we on this podcast, I kind of, the, the final fight at Endgame, I didn't really like that much. Cause there's a lot of just like stuff happening and it's, it's like kind of seemed very Snydery at points. As opposed to some of the other fight scenes, like the airport scene or the fight in Wakanda or the fight on Titan, like those scenes, every character is doing something that's like very representative of them. You see their style. It's easy to follow. It's clever. It's well shot. Versus like just like these CGI, super dark messes of people punching each other. Like for example, 
Why put Aquaman in a movie if you're not going to do Aquaman shit? Yeah. He I mean, one where, Aquaman were they supposed to give him like a pool, like to like to yeah, the like, side? It's not that hard to make your final fight scene happen next to the ocean. Or okay, he gets... so so does like Stefan Wolf just have like a fucking water beast, like to like linger no, in the like, water? Wouldn't like it'd be cool if like a kraken comes out and starts beating up parademons, or, or like. That's how they find it, via him sending seagulls to fucking find... I don't know, but, but just... No, like, no, he's, he's surfing in the sky, killing the bugs. I mean, it is like, kind of like the water, I guess. Oh or, God. or, here's an idea. Maybe don't use Aquaman <laughs> at all, because you have to keep coming up with weird contrived things to have him use his powers. Okay, okay, maybe, great. Maybe we shouldn't have put Aquaman in our movie so he wouldn't be in this situation. Maybe we could have used, I don't know, Green Lantern or nobody. I I think you'd come around on Aquaman more if you just said out loud to yourself, my man. Like, it's Look, fun to say. I don't mind like, Aquaman. I think you'd come around like, on him more if you'd like to said it out loud to yourself. I don't mind. I don't, again, I don't mind Jason Momoa's Aquaman or his own movie, like, which I haven't seen, but whatever. You should see, you should watch it's, Aquaman. It's, you, will, it's, you will enjoy Aquaman. When you try to integrate Aquaman with the rest of the, the, the universe, it just gets weird and dumb. You know, it's like he kind of needs to be overdoing his own thing. So we're not asking a bunch of questions about how Aquaman works. You know what I, I mean? I, I can't wait till Marvel brings Namor to the screen and they brush on that regard, too. And like, you can't even make fucking like the offshoot of, oh, my God, I guess maybe. Yeah, Namor's Namor. awesome. He's 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 basically Superman, but he comes from the water and is a total dick. <laughs> And his costume is a Speedo. End of list. And he's got wings on his feet for some reason, even though he's the king of Atlantis. That's a cool character. But also, he can, like, fly, and he's super strong and kind of immortal. So you're like, all right, fine, one of these. And yeah. he's an asshole. Uh, yeah. Um, damn. So where does that leave us? Do you have any other defenses you want to toss out at us, Mike? You just, you just wanted, you just, you just leaned into the, uh, the insanity of it all, yeah. I, I fucking love chaos and movies like that. <laughs> like just, just like knowing we'll never see something like this again, and nor, nor should we. I'm more excited for like, like the other DC stuff that kind of like shies away from this, even if I kind of want to see more of it. But yeah, just, man. But like, I, I'm more excited about seeing Robert Pattinson's like Batman and yeah. like maybe I, the Flash movie if Michael Keaton's actually in it. I don't know. It's up in it's up in the air now. So uh, ever since Andrew, you said that that the Ben Affleck was the best bat suit. I've just been I've just been staring at an open Google image search for Robert Pattinson's bat suit, and it's been making me very excited for that movie. Well, that one it, might that's be a it, good but... fucking bat suit. I th a lot of people hate it, but it just it like looks like an actual like year one Batman like suit. No, kind of like it looks like the Aronofsky kind of like what he was going for. A bat I suit. love it. It looks like yeah. it, it's it's a good blend of like the you know like I need armor for street fights, but I'm also kind of a detective, and it's got this weird high collar, which really makes it look like also I'm a weird rich kid, which I <laughs> like because it you know. Um. I like it. It's 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 weird and a little a little creepy and a little bit of like uh yeah there's a there's a weird man in that suit. There's a very strange man who who wears this. 
I yeah, like I mean, that. I, I'm open to that movie. I'm open to I'm open to the James Gunn Suicide Squad. That that looks like it'll be a delight. It'll be a fun delightful run. You know. <laughs> um, I've heard Birds of Prey was like it kind is, of fun. I think you'd way. like Birds of Prey a lot. Um, I know, like I'm just kind of like so so. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn, but you know, I just I don't know. I I know you, you will fanboy, like um, but... you will like uh, the Black Mask portrayal from uh, <sighs> Ewan McGregor. It's yeah, really good. <laughs> I've heard it's weird. Um, I just I just really went that. I mean, there's just so many routes they could go to be better, just in general. And I just feel like they take two steps back, then one step forward, then three steps back, and this is ten steps back, and. Now you're going to have people clamoring for shit and he's still planting little fucking seeds like, oh, well, you know, did you read about the Green Lantern stuff today, Mike? Oh, what was, what, so, what was it? Martian Manhunter in this movie. Yes. Who shows up twice. One in a completely mind-boggling, erroneous, confusing scene where Ugh. he impersonates Superman's mother for right. reasons. And completely pulling all of the emotional weight out of one of the only scenes that has any emotional weight. Correct. And then shows up at the end. But, oh, surprise, that end scene was not supposed to be Martian Manhunter. It was supposed to be Jon Stewart Green Lantern. Oh, I did hear about that. Uh, why they change it out? And, well, here's the question. Zack Snyder filmed it. He filmed it with an oh. actor he won't, dis he won't disclose. Fuck. And... He kind of vaguely hinted that DC removed it because he was black. What? Where uh, really, I... it's just because they already are working on a Green Lantern show, and probably since Green Lantern was the one hero not yeah. tainted by this fucking movie, like they probably were like, no, thank you, um, or, don't include him. Or those rights are tied up, you know, in another in another contract somewhere. You know, right. the, the John Stewart character. It would have been, would have been better to... because people are more familiar with Green Lantern than Martian Manhunter. True, but it I also imagine. like is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. I, I just feel like it, that would that would also feel very like, um, sh like shit. You know, like but they said there's no lanterns, and they said that like if he just showed up, well, is that the shit about this in general? So you're saying that now Martian Manhunter is like okay with gonna he's gonna help the team now. What prevented him from helping him the previous two times? Right, and 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 who is this guy? What is, can he do? Why do I care? Why wasn't he helping? It's, does he have powers, or is he just a green guy who cannot be green sometimes? Yeah, I just was just like, okay, sure, why not? Um, but yeah, Zack Snyder tried to vaguely kind of be like, well, I wasn't going to remove a person of color from this movie, but WB, and I was going to quit over it. That's how woke I am, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. But then he's like, but... He's like, but you know, the fans just, I didn't want to sacrifice this film over over that. So they really deserve to, you know, they've worked really hard for this. It's just, it's so, like, it just makes me, like, my stomach hurt. It's so self-aggrandizing and just, ugh, it's so dumb. I hate him so much now. Like, I didn't hate Zack Snyder before this movie. I did thought he was a bad filmmaker most of the time, but I didn't hate him. Now I hate him. And I'm going to put them out. I, I don't think this movie's better than 2017. I'm just going to put it out there, flag in the ground. I'm not saying either movie is good. Oh, that's that's absurd, man. Well, I, so the, the analogy I've been playing with is this movie is better than 2017 in the same way that getting shot in the leg is better than getting shot in the dick. 
Oh, it, come it's, on. It's, no, it's, it's, it's bad in a different way. Like, it, yeah, okay. like the, the plot is actually comprehensible this time, but it's a bad plot. I think if he cut this, if Zack Snyder could cut this again to a three-hour movie, I think, like, it, it would definitely flow better, and, like, it would feel a lot quicker, obviously. There is a lot of shit he can cut up, you know, all of it, but right, I was, I like, mean, fine experiences experiencing this movie. No, I mean, it was, it, it was certainly an interesting thing, and I think that, like, the, like, this Oh, God, I hate saying this. Like, this moment of film history is very interesting. <laughs> and, like, there's a lot of, like... There's a lot of, like, interesting kind of first things that are happening here. And, like, we're now getting more to, like... Like, like I look at this and then I look at, like, how they basically patched Cats midway through its run. Where they, like, sent yeah, out a new version like with... A, like, two, like a... Four days after it released. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw yeah. the pre-rendered version, so... Right, yeah. so, like, this this idea of, like, movies, like, kind of changing as we go and getting new versions, like, is kind of a weird and new thing. Because this is much more than, like, the director's cut thing that we've had before. This is a very different thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it's all... It's is... interesting, and it's an interesting watch for, in, like, an academic sense. But, like, it's just, like, it's... It's bad. The action scenes are are, are, are lifeless and boring and hard to follow, um, the characters are, I have no reason to care about any of them. They don't seem to care about anything going on. Um, the, there's very little stakes in the movie and, and, and maybe part of that is cause I kind of already know how it ends, but you know, it's, it's like, Oh, they've got Superman now and Superman can do anything. So they're going to win. Uh, oh, and they've got a guy who can time travel with apparently no consequences. So nothing matters uh we don't know the consequences yet we didn't find well, out well but that's the thing though like the you've got to you've got to give me more of a picture of what the of what the consequences might be you know it's, like we got an evil superman that's the consequences but how does superman get evil we didn't get a chance to find out no well that's the bullshit man you can't say uh i'll tell you in the next movie Yes, you can when you're Zack Snyder. No, you can't. You can't. No, nobody has permission to do that. Like, there are certain things of, like, I don't need every loose end tied up. But, like, if the whole point of your movie is making me afraid of a bad Superman, you've got to show me what is the thing that could make Superman go bad and then skate up right up to that line once or twice, you know? Well, and, and it just completely, like, that's why that end is so... It, and it's not just the end because they get a glimpse of it when they're about to you know revive him like cyborg gets that little like glimpse of the future and then tries to tell barry to stop but then it happens anyway which is like i was like wait is this a bad thing like did they just start something and then it's like no no it's funny say the day and it's like wait what and but it, it just completely removes the stakes of the whole movie because it's just like you're supposed to feel triumphant that they won and superman's back and it's like but wait bad superman and you're like but they just won what and then it's like they vaguely reference what's might have happened and i guess you're supposed to assume that that grotesque skeleton he's holding is lois lane and whatnot but it's just like okay well i guess all that stuff they did that big epic moment that barry just had where he you know they did fuck it up and they destroyed the world and he went back in time fixed it i guess he's just gonna have to do that a second time like why are we doing i don't know it just 
And and also, these movies have not clearly delineated, like, are those the actual future or just bad dreams Batman has? Right. Like, because the movie goes back and forth about that. It's actually happening. Yeah. I think. Uh, Well, that's the thing, (laughs) is they don't make it clear. And also, why would Batman, Bruce Wayne, have visions of the future? Like, accurate, like... Bruce Wayne can see the future now in his dreams? When did that I fucking happen? I think it's happen? something Seed did to him. Well, sure, we could, but that's the thing of, like, I don't feel like these are, like, ooh, that's a that's an intriguing mystery that, uh, that Zack Snyder's gonna resolve because it's, Zack Snyder doesn't have a great reputation for, like, you know, setting things up and paying things off. <laughs> you know, like, don't worry, everything that they did, you know, like everything they set up will have a payoff down the line. You can trust me. I'm Zack Snyder. That's what I do. Nah, <laughs> man. I I had to say that this reminds me of something else I wanted to bring up was that, like, as much as he thinks he knows and likes these characters, he doesn't really know what to do with them most of the time. Like, example, um, Wonder Woman is really fast in the beginning of this movie. You know, she's got like almost flash-like speed to deflect bullets. Like, okay, I know she's strong and she's quick, but I didn't know she was quite that fast. But also, you know, she does Wonder Woman stuff. Okay, cool. But also, you know, when she gets into the Batcave, he's like, oh, I paid a couple million dollars to have that security, or that warehouse in the Batcave. Maybe, let me be clear. Um, Where the fucking aircraft carrier is. He's like, I, I paid a couple million dollars for that security system. And she's like, yeah, I broke in a couple seconds. It's like, so she's also a computer hacker? And so it's just like all the characters can kind of do everything. Yep. But then also when, you know, Batman, this character that he's put a lot of, you know, you hire Ben Affleck and you give him this cool suit and you do all stuff. Like, he doesn't know what to do with him in action scenes. Which, yep. like, I understand because, like, when when you actually show, like, properly, like strong superman and wonder woman and 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 like it you'd see this like in a comic you could just be like well batman's just fucking off somewhere off screen doing batman stuff or in a cartoon he's just punching up the aliens right yes but like in this it's just like well he can't even fucking compete so all you do is have him run around with a gun the whole time like (sighs) well and there was an easy thing to do here because he was he was starting to set up the whole like oh he's the older batman who's whose body is falling apart and he can't you know and it's like, okay, so maybe we find other things for Batman to do because he can't really get involved. He can't really go mix it up the way he used to. Maybe, you know, he's, you know, you do the thing where he's like, he's searching through the alien archives and doing, uh, you know, and, and learning the secret at just the nick of time to give the guys the secret code to unlock the mother box. Yeah. That kind of thing or... Or he's got to he's got to infiltrate the thing to unlock the thing and that drops this thing and yeah. he's got to be sneaky and he's got to be do Batman stuff. Or if you're really that lazy and be like, once time I want to be part of the fight, just have him go dig out his fucking Superman bashing armor and be like, okay, he's Iron Man now, I guess, go for yeah. it. Like, what happened to that? Any of those that? things is better than what he. Or just have him fucking fly on the Batwing. That's what the cartoon does. It's just like he just he's in the fuck he's a, he's an airplane basically. Enjoy, like. Any of those options is better than him just running around like a Call of Duty soldier. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just so lazy. His and ridiculous Batman sunglasses. The Bat Oakleys. <laughs> <laughs> All the things you could have fixed, Zach. Ugh. 
Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I will admit that I went into this movie with like very low expectations and with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but I didn't expect to leave this hot, man. I like can't stop thinking about how bad this movie is. Like every day, you you just weren't willing to be Snyder fied. That I don't know. I, tell you. I guess. What does it mean to be Snyder fied? <laughs> uh, it's explain it, to it's... me. How does one watch a Snyder movie and enjoy it? What? Tell me uh, how. Well, a lot of people like his Dawn of the Dead remake. It's pretty good. It's yeah. fine, but uh, I I don't hate Watchmen. Uh, I think Watchmen's pretty good. But I understand the problems with it. Uh, this, I don't know, it's going to be down with this, like, just, this is what he is. He's not going to change himself at this I, point. I, so. I think his best his best movie is probably 300 because he's adapting a comic with no nuance because it's a comic that Other has no nuance. Other than being just very fascist, that's the... That well, yeah, that's the sure. thing. Like, he, he, he's, he's adapts that comic because it's on the nose and stupid and straightforward, and that's what Zack Snyder is. Yeah. And and he didn't, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's three hundred is fashy and uh, and weird, and you know, I don't think Zack Snyder understood some of the nuance of. Not that it's a terribly nuanced thing, um, but in the comic three hundred, you do get a little bit more of. The Spartans are a little less idealized. Like you're supposed to look at Spartan society in three hundred and. Um, you're not supposed to think it's a cool, like, would be a cool place to be, you know? <laughs> like, it's supposed to look brutal and, um, and, and fascistic. Like, it's yes. kind of supposed to be that way, um, which is about as much subtlety as you can get from Frank Miller. But, like, and Zach missed that. But, yeah, like, I think 300 is his best because, um, there there's less for him to understand like like watchman he clearly did not get um at all uh but it's also yeah, like, a hard th a lot of people don't get watchman um right. and visually he does some once again like visually he does some interesting things once again missing the point but you know there's some things in the watchman movie that are like oh that's a cool way to show that or whatever well but there's also a lot of dumb shit yeah yeah well, the nice thing is, never have to watch this again, right? Well, unless we want to do a black and white version. We got to watch the black and white version. Why does that fucking exist? I but, don't like no, the trend of black exists. and white movies. I'll tell you why it exists. Because George Miller made a black black and white version oh of Mad God, Max Fury right. Road. And, right. and that's a like, great movie, but that doesn't need to be watched in black and white. Well, right. I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying Zack Snyder did it because he heard it's a thing that, that like capital D directors do. Just like capital I did D like, directors I did like fuck around the with Logan, their aspect uh, ratio. I like the Logan uh, black and white version, actually, but I don't think um, a four hours of Justice League in four by three. Uh, like, there's better movies it's on Criterion almost... Channel. I can watch that that are in black and white in four three <laughs> aspect ratio. So I'm not gonna waste another four hours on this. It's almost it's almost black and white already. You turn the saturation down another two percent, and you're there. And it's no wonder, like Whedon's like, version looked a little fucked up because he was just brightening everything, so it, like, looked worse, like, with Zack Snyder's vision. Oh, I think, I, I mean, I think that if, if, if these movies had been shot with the intention of going with that color palette, yeah, that's the color palette it should have. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that it's like, I don't know. It's like the grim and gritty desaturated thing only works when there are like bright and colorful movies to stand in contrast to, but yes. Or also when your subject matter is actually grim and gritty, which I'm sorry, DC justice league ain't getting there. <laughs> you can, you can see what happens when you try. Like I could see it like, you know, like, like we said, when we reviewed, uh, I don't know if it was Batman versus Men or justice league, but it was like one of the things Zack Snyder paints a pretty good picture of is Gotham. Like the, yeah. the Gotham that he portrays is like, very much a cool-looking, cartoony, comic booky Gotham. Yeah. That's because his palette really works well for it, right? I think mm-hmm. that's why The Watchmen worked a little bit, too, because right? his palette kind of a plot, like, kind of fits in that, at least in that tone of approach, not necessarily the themes or anything like that, but... <sighs> yeah. Well, and so... the idea of, like, within Watchmen of, of like these characters who should be bright and colorful, but they're actually kind of desaturated. Like that's kind of part of one of the surface level themes of Watchmen. So that it kind of makes sense. Right. Right. Like I know that suit should be brighter purple, but it's not. And then, Oh, Oh, I get it. But here it's like, no, his Batman's or Superman's suit should be bright blue. He's Superman. He's supposed to be the symbol of hope. That's the thing you were trying to achieve here, Zach was bringing hope back by bringing Superman back. You show me a hopeless world. When Superman comes back, that's hope coming back. So what should we do? Put him in a black suit. Because it's idiot. cool. Because it was um, in the, cause that's I, in the I, comics. I, I, I did give Zack Snyder too much benefit of that because I'm like, oh, okay, there, there should be a reason for him to be in this suit. And there, there really wasn't. No. It was like, I wish there would have been, like, a better moment of him showing off the suit or, like, just, like, small reference of why this is important to wear other than, yeah, I guess it's just cool, so. I'm, yeah. glad we, I'm glad we saw it, but it was just, it is a weird decision to, like, make a big deal of it, but never, like, actually explain the significance of it. <laughs> I, I have a question for the two of you now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm always looking ahead. This is behind us now, thank God. Yes. What... What's next for Zack Snyder? Uh, he has like, Army he of the Dead. This? He has Army of the Dead. That's already like coming out though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And he did he direct it or did he just produce it? Uh, he directed it. My fr- I actually had a friend that worked on set. He had very positive things to say about it. Hmm, interesting. But um, it looked bad from the the trailer I saw. But I didn't I didn't watch the trailer yet. But like I imagine, I think it's it's probably fine. I mean, I'll watch it. I'm down for a good zombie action, whatever. But um, like. But I guess I meant, though, is, you know, clearly Zack Snyder has made a living. Most of his movies, most popular movies, are comic book movies. So yes. does DC fold him back in? Does he go on to somebody else? Like, what uh, does he do? I think they're, they're divorced now. But... I've, seen, I've seen some people recommend that he'd be great for uh, doing a Spawn film because... It's, he's, he's a that 90s ass edge lord because he's a 90s ass uh, edge lord and he's so dumb that it just might be dumb nah, to make I, it work. I want I want uh, Tom Mc, uh, Tom McFarlane to hang on to the idea that the Spawn movie is actually coming out, which currently has um, Jimmy Lee Fox cast, which I just don't think it's actually ever going to come out because that's no. what he does. But it'd be fun to pretend it's going to come out. But I think Zack Snyder could do it. I just I see. 
the thing with Spawn is that you don't show him. Like, he's like, put yeah, like he's a background great, he's great character. at that. He's great at that. He's great the, at Zach not Snyder cannot do dumb. that. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, though, that, like, you know, what the, the, for the long time, the, the, the operating theory for how you make a Spawn movie is, like, it's like Alien, where it's really more about the detectives, right? Yes. That, and, that's the idea is that you just have, because that's what showed it. It kind of, like, just follow the detectives and then there'd be, like, a few scenes of Spawn because yeah. he's just, like, a thing that exists. But that's the thing is Zack Snyder can't do that because the detectives are just normal people. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to make movies about people. <laughs> but mm. I know, I growing up, my friend had a ton of Spawn action figures. And thinking back, <laughs> those, like, all the bad guys from that look a lot like Zack Snyder villains. You know what? Spikes. Unironic take. Unironic take. Uh, if, if Zack's... If there is a property that Zack Snyder might actually be perfect for, um, God of War. Mm. Oh. You know, a video game transition might not be the worst idea for him. Oh, I don't know if he's into video games, but... Oh, he definitely is. His movies are video games. <laughs> like, 300 is a, is, is a series of boss fights, right? True. Yes. They, they move to a different area that has like a different color palette. They fight some nobodies and then they fight a boss and they do that <laughs> three times. And that's the movie. Um, the, um, you know, that the, there are very video gamey elements of this one too. Like Batman has to get the, um, you know, he's got to get the, the special gauntlets so that he can fight Superman. Um, uh, it, th this one's not as bad. I can't recall off the top of my head, but like, um. Yeah, he's very video gamey. Mm, a God of War, huh? I yeah. I mean, because 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 he loves that like overwrought. Um. You know, very everything's very elevated. Um, characters have very very simple motivations. Um, and like. The whole point is how much destruction these gods, you know, wreck on the planet as they go uh, uh, their, their petty little revenges against each other. I think, I, I think it's actually a good fit for him. I haven't played a God of War game, but well, I don't own a. That I don't seems own a like a you problem. I don't own a PlayStation. Um, but yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Um. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Any ideas? Uh, oh, for what in general? Sorry. For Zack Snyder's next move. Oh, uh, next move. Um, don't, uh, just move on from the DC. You got to do your weird thing. Um, oh, I think he wanted to do, um, like a Fountainhead adaptation, because, oh, you know. of course he would like, do you know, like, fucking, like, libertarians, like, of love uh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> He has been talking about that. Like that's like his dream project is to do yeah. Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged or something. Yeah, um, oh, they already did Atlas Shrugged in like three movies. Okay. Um, I don't know who if like if this is the kind of thing that appeals to you. I'm, I'm sorry. I bet you. Yeah. No. Oh, of course, it would be an Ayn Rand thing. Of course, it would. I I just I, it's gonna be four hours long, obviously. So like, it would be. Why would it be? What was it? There was a Steve Ditko, creator of Spider-Man, had a pet project. Uh, I think it was Mister A. 
Um, and it was just this like blatantly objectivist superhero who would just like, like it wasn't even really a comic book. It was really just like this character lecturing the audience on objectivism. That yeah. should be his next movie. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. All right, well... Um, I, I think we can only pay tribute to this man by going four hours for this podcast. Oh, right, That's well, the only gotta... way we can really do is actually cut justice. We've had some long ones the past couple, and and uh, we had a lot more to talk about than this heap of trash. So, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, let's uh, let's pack it in here. I think we're, I think we're done here. I think we sufficiently beat this lifeless pile of CGI and brood into the ground. I think you just need to like unwind your mind and just accept unwind the, your this mind. vision. You mean you mean that, get uh, really high and watch it, Mike? Yes, no that would that. also help the, <laughs> to, to enjoy your experience. But it can be enjoyed e e however you enjoy movies but, well, my, my, um, my friends recommended we turn it into a drinking game oh god um, and i was just like dudes it's four hours long oh and what are you god. gonna do like take a drink every time they're slow-mo you'll just be doing just drinking for four hours straight plus it's so boring with booze you just fall asleep like yeah not, not a good situation no thank you no thank you um although i think i am going to go back and watch some of the DC movies that I have missed, like Shazam and Aquaman, Aquaman. I and Shazam. I think you're gonna walk out and say, "Or Shazam was my favorite," because Shazam was like feels the most disconnected, and it's a lot of fun. So. Maybe it, nothing about it, and from the trailers or the casting or anything, appealed to me. Like the fact um, that it's uh, in Philly and it's clearly shot in like Vancouver. Is that what happens? Great. Uh, it's very obvious that it's not Philly, but yeah. Yeah, of course not. Um, why would you shoot something in Philly that takes place in Philly? That's ridiculous. Um, you just can't deal with the traffic, honestly. Um, I don't like ninety percent of things shot in Vancouver nowadays. I feel like Vancouver uh, or Atlanta. Atlanta is the like most of or, or New Zealand. Those are the three places now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm. It's one of those things that it, it's made me recognize two things. I think and this is my summary of what it does for me personally. A, it made me realize how fucking desperate WB has made DC fans for anything any amount of content just because marvel's putting out so much of it on the other end and most of it being good two because i watched the first episode of falcon winter soldier on friday and then i watched this in two parts on saturday and sunday it made me go after god can it be next friday so i can actually watch something with like characters and you know logical thinking and cool action scenes which it, I guess is Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I didn't expect, but there's more character development in that first 45 minutes of that episode, that show, and there's this whole goddamn movie, <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> Two characters I really don't care about in the Marvel Universe, to be frank, but oh well, quality's quality. <sighs> that's that's it. That's all I have. Yeah, this was. Uh... This was an exhausting thing. We did it for you, the listeners. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could go on, but I, I can't. Um, <laughs> I'm, look, I guess, I mean, if you enjoyed this, Mike or whoever's listening, if you enjoyed this movie. Uh, you envy good. us. You envy us. I understand. 
<laughs> I do. I do. I, I, some of us walked away frustrated and others said, I had a good time. I, I wish I'm glad I, I fall in the good time category. I, I wish I could have enjoyed this, um, but I did not. Um, I actually told my boss, I said, if I'm a worse employee now, after this weekend, it's because of the it's psychopath. because I watched this movie, and it has made me stupider. I just, I, I, I'm, I guess what I'm most interested in going forward is how the, um, like these Snyder heads, what do you call yourselves? Uh, libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like how the, 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 the Snyder sphere reacts. Like, uh, well, I, just... think it, I think it shows that like when you do enough harassment, online harassment, you can get what you want. And I think as like Bernie's supporters, we should have really like took a lesson from like, uh, what the, the Snyder fanboys were able to get done. <laughs> Maybe we could accomplish more. Release we were... the Bernie cut. <laughs> Release um... the Bernie cut. I, oh, please, uh, please, God. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, like, I wonder, like, will they be satisfied, or is this something that they've built up in their heads so much for the last? Uh, they'll, they'll never be satisfied. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Uh... Like, you're always, they're always gonna be going for that, like, chasing that dragon, and they, they're gonna, they're never gonna shut the fuck up about a sequel now. That's what I mean, to do about it. But there, but the truth is, there are other like unfinished things out there that, you know, you wonder, like, well. If we did this, could we, like, just, like, get a do-over for season eight of Game of Thrones? Oh, God, that would be the dream. Or... Release the Martin cut? <laughs> or, like... He, that man's gonna die before five. that book comes out. <laughs> you know, I saw an article that said, like, hey, if we could do this, could we just, like, let Hideo Kojima go back and, like, finish Metal Gear 5? Oh, is it seriously um, like not finished? <laughs> oh yeah, there's um, it's very it, it it's very clear that there there's two chapters in the game, and it kind of ends where you're like, there's a chapter what? three, and but there's like, you could see there's like a YouTube video they released of like, oh yeah, here's some like unfinished cutscenes and storyboards for like what chapter three was gonna be. Was it like um, too weird even for Metal Gear? No, they just ran out of time and money. <laughs> So, like, but, like, things like that. Like, you're like, oh, maybe we could, like, maybe this opens the floodgates for, you know, some other things that, just, like, pop culture things where, like, ah, kind of wish we'd had another go at that. That, you know, maybe that could have been better if we tried a little harder or, you know? And it seems like, now, I, I think that the Snyder Cut was kind of a, ben you know, like, it benefited from the pandemic where it was, like, you know, if you're Warner Brothers, it's, like, what the fuck else are we going to put out this year, you know? Honestly, not... I, I, if the pandemic didn't happen, maybe this wouldn't have... Wouldn't oh, have... I absolutely wouldn't have happened, you know? But if you're, if you're Warner Brothers, you're like, all of our productions are shut down. We're not going to be able to release really any new content this year the way that we want to. I mean, we might be able to trickle some stuff out, but, you know... So, you think about, like look, we can do this, it becomes, it has the potential for driving a lot of subs to HBO Max. So, I mean, it benefited a lot from that dynamic. Um, like, like, yeah, no, no pandemic, no Snyder Cut. Because if, DC, 
the Warner Brothers would have been like, yeah, we've got a Wonder Woman movie and a Batman movie this year. I'm not spending $70 million to polish this turd. In, in, in a way, it's kind of like it took like a cert, like so many COVID deaths for this to happen. Kind of similar to like how many human deaths happen in the climax of Man of Steel. I Just the way Zack Snyder likes it. All right, but but half like, a million die so that one great man can achieve glory. Yep. Um, but like seventy million dollars, right? That's the number they said that was spent to finish this to do all the effects and everything. Mm-hmm. I just did the math. So if, if HBO Max is fifteen dollars a month, and you know someone subscribes for a year, mm-hmm. it's one hundred eighty dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So to make the money back to just break even. It would have had to drive 388,000 people to subscribe to HBO Max for a year. Do you that's think this movie that accomplished outrageous. that? I don't it think had that's like, that It had 1.5 million streams within the first 10 minutes of it de- debuting. Yeah, it did. Yeah, like, I just saw a headline that it beat uh, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier. For like and, most streams in like a premiere. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it definitely brought in money How for many them. of those people, A, because this is an easier one to break down because there's no other factors to consider right there's no box office there's no splits whatever like how many of those people already had hbo max one how two how many people are gonna keep hbo max for a year i mean I, i'm all just the, curious all the wb movies coming out also kind of help well it's tough too. i mean it, it, it's tough to attribute you know how, how you attribute where it came from but i bet this drove a lot of subs it certainly raised the profile of the brand True. Uh, you know, and, and, and you would count that as an intangible cost. Um, it probably is going to boost your merchandise sales, uh, you know, th- that you could attribute to it. Um, uh, yeah, I would I would say that they would count this as a win. But Hollywood math is weird. I don't know how, you know. It, yeah. it, it doesn't exist. Like, they can just make up numbers because it's... But well, I yeah, would say Hollywood that... The, the the margin on this is probably pretty good. Yes. Um, and yeah, fair enough. I yeah. I don't know. I, I it, it, but I don't think it's enough to like push forward like the like, continue the universe, which they already said they're not no. because it's like seventy million is nothing compared to just like oh we're gonna do a, a whole ass another sequel of and, a vision we didn't want completed anyway, but now we're going back to like it. It doesn't matter how successful this is. It, it's it accomplished what it needs to be, and that's it. So, and I mean, then they don't—they don't have any. There's no stars here that are going to keep people coming back. You know, nobody's. You know, they don't have a Robert Downey Jr. in, in their stable in this crew. You know, um, that can help carry this forward. They—they they just don't have. There's nothing here. They had this where you know they got a bunch of hype, and, and it was a good year to do it. Uh, but no, they got to walk away, and they've got to. Uh, you got to recalculate. Yeah, well, and it's probably a good corporate choice for them, like you said, for just the overall brand, just because, you know, if people were so, which I think was once again a, a different looking back, uh, you'd feel otherwise. But I think if you know, people hated just the 2017 version so much of this bad taste in their mouth for the brand, and now apparently people like this movie, a lot of people like this movie, um, so I guess even though they're not going to con- necessarily continue the the you you know this particular imagining of the universe, at least it you know I guess cleansed the palate for people for these characters or gave it some closure or something, which is confusing to me because it makes me feel even less interested in DC stuff. But 
whatever. I mean, I'm very excited for the new Batman. Um, I I'm, I don't care about Wonder Woman. Uh, uh, Eighty four is pretty uh, is a mess. So <laughs> I've I've heard heard that's just a disaster. Um, I, I I'm not sure if they're doing a Black Superman or what's happening there. I think it is coming eventually. Yeah, it's just it's it's a little weird that they're like, go, oh, we're gonna make a Black Superman," but it also kind of feels like you're like, "I don't, I don't know if you guys are doing that." I feel like you're you're doing a Black Superman in the same way that like they're well, doing. They're doing a... well, well, they should. I kind of wish they would just do like a J.J. Abrams like Superman flyby script, which was like super weird because it like it had like Lex Luthor was like from Krypton as well. Yeah, <laughs> like I, shit I... like that is as it is. Kill me. But uh, you, 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 somehow we had to bring up J.J. Abrams in this too, who is just Zack Snyder light. Thank you for that. Uh, it, it's okay. I'm, I'm not gonna get mad about the rise of Skywalker again. Although fuck that movie. Don't fucking say its name. We don't. We only bring up another terrible movie in this conversation. Release the Johnson cut. <laughs> the Johnson cut. There we go. That's what we need. Or I guess we the tre- people start doing that though. People want to see the Trevorrow cut, right? That was what people. It would have been better. For. Well, I think the. Um, oh yeah, I read read part of the script. It's way better. It still yeah. sucks, but it's better. The the the. Uh... Whatever, yeah, that leaked for treatment or whatever of, you know, one version of that script. I was like, this sounds like a good movie. Just recast Leah. Sorry. Just fuck yep. it. Fuck it. They, that's what they should have done. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Said he got awkward scenes that look like Alex Los Sopranos. I, I think that the biggest thing that's interesting to me is just, like, the relationship between... And it, it also does play into, like, the sequel trilogy, too. Like, the relationship between fan and fandom mm-hmm. and the corporate decision making because there's clearly a lot more back and forth in that than there was 20 or 30 years ago right it's becoming very apparent that the studios are are be are absolutely willing to be pushed around by their most vocal fans yes bullying does work which um <laughs> Apparently it does, which is a little terrifying, but also, um... Depends what direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, can we bully them to get Ryan Johnson to make a new episode 9? Uh, no, th- these people are not, uh, They have opinions, uh, about, uh, characters in that movie, I'm sure. Oh, I know. There's six people who think Last Jedi's a good movie, and I'm three of them. I'm one of them too. So All I, right. I love Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that it's it's curious because when you see the kind of confluence of different things, right? You've got like these backlashes to the actual content of the movies, but that's also sometimes overlapping with like who is involved with them and cancel culture stuff, right? Like you know the James Gunn back and forth, um, and then you know because you got one side bullying and then you have a counter bullying and then you know, outrage, and I, I just, the decision-making is becoming more complex, and I think that's, I, I don't know, I I mean, corporate entities, like, making decisions based on what people want is better, I guess, but I guess just which people, I, I don't actually know. Well, I don't know, man, it's it's that, so, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, you know, Give people what they want. But I also feel like that's good for hamburgers, but maybe not for art. Um, And 
there's a, a phrase we like to uh, circulate in the whole research and innovation world. Uh, sadly, it's a quote from known eugenicist Henry Ford, but uh, if I'd asked my customers what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse. Um, so if we're talking about that in movies, you know, like we're never going to get anything new if all we do is just cater to the wishes of the fan base, because all they know how to ask for is more of what they like, right? Yeah, it's fair. Um, you never, you never, you're never going to find you like some new thing until someone shows you a new and weird thing. Um, you know, like none of us would have thought to ask for Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point. It definitely, definitely applies to art. I feel like, or um, or 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 Thor Ragnarok, right? Was that what the what everyone was clamoring for? How to fix Thor? No, somebody came up with a really good idea, and it worked very very well. You know, yeah. yeah. This showed me a different kind of new and weird that I hated. <laughs> I wish it was new and weird. I wish this was like, like. The theatrical cut was bad in a very interesting way because it was like, look at what happens. And, and there were a couple other movies around this time that did this. We're like, look at what happens when you try to retool a movie midway through and change directors and, you know, try to take it in a completely different direction. Look at this glorious mess that resulted from this, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, interesting. Like, I get that. that. It's Rogue One. It's Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's like that stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Solo, mm -hmm. you know. Um, even even to a certain extent, uh, Rise of Skywalker, you could argue, is a little bit of that. Like mm, Definitely. Um, but this wasn't bad in an interesting way. It was just bad in a very Zack Snyder way. Well, and here's the funny, like and then into that right because i think that there was sort of a realization that all those movies were those movies mentioned were all like you know retooled and reshot and built by committee and built by consensus and with a lot of studio interference and blah 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 and you know what's the counter to that is like well just let the director do what they want to do and and don't and it's like sometimes that's not good <laughs> yeah. this is what you get <laughs> other times with you know like I said, Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy, where, you know, I'm sure Disney had some pretty hard guide rails at the sides, but <laughs> within that, they were like, yeah, fuck around, do whatever. Like, uh, it's it's not a um, binary system, right? You need to have you need to have some some editing and some people looking at your shoulder and holding you back from your you know, the prequels are a good version of that. George Lucas did whatever fuck he wanted and it turned out like garbage. So you need a little bit of input from the outside, but you also need to be able to execute your artistic vision. But I think it's the combination of both that in within art that makes media, right? Like, right. That's, I, well, I mean, in the case of the prequels and in the case of Zack Snyder, it's like, yeah, we got the unadulterated vision. It's a bad vision. <laughs> it is. And not the white bad vision. Oh, God. Don't. I'm, I can't go back there. <laughs> can't go back. All right. Well, I think right, we've boys. done it. I think we've solved Justice League. I don't think we solved anything, but um, <laughs> I hope I hope we made sense of it. Maybe <sighs> if you want, if you want the four-hour version of this podcast, uh, 
harass your local politician, I guess. I <laughs> listen to it at 50% speed. That's what I, I, that's what I do, actually. <laughs> but make sure you do it, like, well, we record it via um, a tape recorder, and that'll be, like, the, you know, artiste version that you can listen to only in special uh, uh, man, order. I have... I, I would have no idea... Oh, no, I could dump this to tape. I would just need to find a... If you want to stump the tape, just just message Greg. Yeah, just harass Greg on. Oh shit, Greg's not on social media anymore. Yeah, <laughs> fuckers. Uh, harass Mike. You can't find me. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn, and none of you are going there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been fun, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for uh, as I try to defend uh, Zack Snyder. I don't know if I. Accomplished the goal, but you don't need to defend Zack Snyder. Well, like now, I have to unfortunately reveal to you now that you're going to be in the worst spot where you you failed to defend Zack Snyder, so you you're going to anger all of the Zack Snyder fans, but you also didn't condemn him, so you're going to anger all the people who hate Zack Snyder. So now you just put the difference, and now you're just going to be targeted. Oh by man, both. it's like it's <laughs> almost as bad as Evil Superman. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, Mike, do you want to shout out your handle again so people can uh, follow he... your witty? Yeah, if you want more of this, if, I, I, I don't know who's going to follow me because it's the parents, but uh, I'm... You hey, know, we have at, their own fans. <laughs> I'm at Mike Lennial on Twitter where I will share my thoughts, I guess. I don't know. Stick Excellent. around for sports tweets and gambling, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. But I hope I did a good job of... You did a, you did a of, wonderful job. Of de de defending Justice League, so... If, if, if you hadn't been here to temper our... Um, temper our passions we both would have had a aneurysm by this point that's true all right gentlemen all right thank you bye bye